This episode of the Radio Freest Van podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you go to rfibook.com, you can start your free trial for for Audible, which is a audiobook website. Uh, if you haven't heard of it already and you're a podcast listener, uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast, they have all of the Horace Heresy novels on Audible now. And if you go to rfibook.com, start your free trial, uh, you will get 30 days free trial with Audible as well as a free book. So that'll work out for you guys and get whatever Horace Heresy novel you want for free. So works out very well. So we'll go ahead and get to this episode. Appreciate all your help. This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 80 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. My name's Michael, and I got my co-host Ryan here. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? And we have two very special guests. First, let's go ahead and talk to Mr. Kieran, coming all the way from Australia, What's going on, Karen? Hey guys, what's up? Good to and be then, here. <laughs> then we have powerful, powerful Mr. Teo coming in from the northwest of me. And I guess it's all relative in, in good old Canada. Go say what's going on, Teo. Well, hello there, everybody. How are you doing? He turned that charm on. He turned that charm on to a 10. Straight, straight down. <laughs> I may have been smoking a cigar and drinking a glass of whiskey at the same time. Well, obviously, we all knew that just from, just from your tone. I mean, clearly. So yeah. we have a little we bit. Need of- to find someone that has, like, want for once, find somebody that has a shittier voice than me to get on the podcast. Just once. <laughs> just, that's, that's all we ask. <laughs> like that Godfrey dude. Like Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's who we need. That's who we need. If you talk like Gilbert Gottfried, contact us. We'll put you on the show just so I could have the better voice for once. Your voice is iconic, Ryan. Not shit, man. (laughs) And now we're going to go over this list. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, whack. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So, So, yes. So... We have a little bit of change up of a co-host today. We are missing Scott and Derek. R.I.P. Guys, uh, whoa, I got dark. <laughs> let me knock on. Let me knock on some wood. That was horrible. So gone, but not forgotten. Gone, but gone, but not forgotten. So absolutely, guys. So thoughts and prayers. <laughs> we so put we Derek fantastic. in the punishment box for having shame armies, and Scott's guarding the punishment box. That's what's going on. Hey, we shame got shame armies, armies in. Fair <laughs> we got shame armies in from this past episode, and I'm just putting them together so we can have like a like a little montage yeah. video with uh with some like Neil Young playing in the background, like that song <laughs> "Old Man." So like, you know what song I'm talking about? I'll tell me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's like splice that into the episode somewhere. 
Oh, don't you worry. I'll fucking splice that in. <laughs> don't you worry. <laughs> and that's and we're going we're going to play that so that, you know, so that everybody can listen to that music and and see all the all the shame armies that were submitted to us. And and if you have a shame army that you want to submit to let Ryan know that you're not a you know, that not everybody's perfect, then go ahead and submit that in. And we'll Why me? Why am I being targeted? Because you targeted the ultimate closer. <laughs> but surely some I know people have more painted armies than me. More dude, I just, dude, I just imagine this. This okay, hold on. I pulled it up <laughs> for you guys. It's gonna, it's gonna be like just imagine like if you're sitting in your car right now, just imagine a montage of unpainted armies, and then just. Hit it. Hit it, Neil. Oh man, look at my life. and there's so much more. I totally have the lyrics pulled up my Okay, yeah. Just a bunch of gray armies flashing in front of you. Unfinished products. Fucking hell. <laughs> I make, I'm keep sorry. Like someone's bike. <laughs> getting all cry- getting TGI for the shame. There were mass suicides today across the world. We can't figure out why. <laughs> Neil Young was blamed for a mass suicide in the 2017. Again, this is third time this year. <laughs> so, anyway, we have a fantastic episode for you guys. We promise we're not going to make you cry anymore. Uh, so what do we got for you? So we're gonna go through our normal intro hobby progress. We're gonna go do a little round table with uh, with our guests here, and of course our hobby progress that we did. Uh, then we're gonna go ahead and talk about a little Shapeways promotion that we have going on. We have a curated collection that we'd like to to tell you guys about, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Then <laughs> then we're gonna go ahead and move into some voicemails you sent in, including. A special story. Uh, we have a, a special, a special. I'm guessing it's an accident story. Like we don't listen to the stories before we get them, but this email specifically said not to share the name of the person, so you'll know it's going to be good. Like you'll know this is going to be a good voicemail that we're going to blast at you guys. So just letting you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, then once we're done with all of our voicemails and all of our uh, industrial accident stories and things like that. Uh, we will go ahead and go into some emails. We have a whole bunch of emails we're going to go ahead and get covered, and hopefully we can get some sweet-ass feedback from Mr. Kieran and Mr. Teo. And then uh, we got a couple lists. We got a White Scars list we're going to go over, and then we have a Mechanicum list that we're going to go over. Does that sound I'm like a fun tear episode, the White guys? Scars army to shreds. I mean, what? Yeah, just tear it the fuck up. Tell them how unfluffy it is. That's right. So, <laughs> so first things first, let's talk about some intros. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with you, Kieran. Man, tell us tell us about your life, Kieran. Who are you? What army do you play? And uh, what have you been working on? Yeah. Well, um, oh, been in the hobby for a few years now. I kind of started off in Warhammer Fantasy about two thousand. I've been a uh, I was yeah into Warhammer 
fantasy well before I got into 40k. I was kind of, I don't know why, I suppose the, the aesthetic, I like the, the ranked up regiments and, um, you know, the, the focus on maneuvers as a major part of the game that kind of appealed to me and um, slowly moved into, into 40k over the years. A couple of friends got into 40k, so I started a kind of Space Marine Army so I could play with them. And then I'd always had a major fascination with the heresy. So even, even you know, before they um, started bringing out heresy models, when they, you know, we only had the heresy books and we had the collected visions and the card decks and those kind of things, I was already making my own um, heresy models. I made a few thousand suns, some terminators, um, a couple of Empress children, because Empress children have always been my favorite. But, um, yeah, once they released the uh, Betrayal, just completely blew my mind. It was, you know, what I'd always wanted, you know, whenever there was a thread on the forums saying, you know, what do you want Games Workshop to make? It was always, you know, for me, it was always 30K heresy. So when that came out, that, um, yeah, it was massive for me. And I haven't, I haven't really, you know, touched fantasy or, um, did have a big fantasy army, but since that went to, um, Age of Sigmar, it's just been collecting dust in my, uh, local Games Workshop on display. People seem to like to look at it, but um, I've got, you know, <laughs> no intention in playing it, which is a bit of a shame. But, you know, these things happen, and I've got 30K now, which is a which is a better thing than fantasy anyway for me. You can play Kings of War we... with it. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. I, there's a, you know, I'm pretty lucky. I've got a big um, local gaming store uh, near where I live, House of War, and um, that's actually where we uh, they came down. So, uh, yeah, like Ryan, I'm a MKA. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get those t-shirts um, but yeah I'm, you know there are always people down there playing different types of games so I'm sure I could get a, um, a Kings of War game if I wanted to but my focus is definitely on um, on the heresy at the moment for sure hashtag hard for heresy yeah absolutely 100%. yeah I'm a little bit I'm a little bit bummed out right now that like you know all you guys will have your cool I went to an MKA class course and like they kind of disbanded, so like I can never have a like, like you would make a set number of shirts and like, like y'all would. <laughs> we're just would doing it to troll Shane. We're gonna make we're gonna make shirts for all of us that said we went to MKA, and then just one shirt that says I didn't go to MKA and send that to Shane. <laughs> I did not get to go to MKA. Here you go, Shane, <laughs> and it's one size too small. So <laughs> you either lose weight to be embarrassed or not. <laughs> so it's always going to be pitiful looking on you, no matter what. He's you do. pretty thin. I don't. I don't think he would want to lose a bunch of weight. He'd look like Ethiopian Christian Bale. Christian Bale and the fucking machinist. machinist. Which which would look more pitiful? One size too large or one size too small? I I feel like I feel like a tight yeah, I get it like super. Like Too super large. big, like com comically large, where you look like a fucking uh, tree, uh, a squirrel, a fucking flying squirrel suit. <laughs> so like, so like, so like big, he's wearing. <laughs> so it looks like you're borrowing your big big brother shirt. Like, I did yeah. not go to MK. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, damn. So that's cool, man. Yeah, Anything um, else you want to share? I, um, I yeah. think you got to share your Instagram. Yeah, I'll share my Instagram for sure. Um, just started it up uh, last Sunday, so it's been going all right. I've 
mostly been sharing um, work that I've completed over the years. I haven't done anything new since then. So it's older, older photos of my stuff. Um, it's mostly 30K, but there's a good mix of 40K and um, Warhammer Fantasy in there as well. My um, Instagram handle is Raptor Imperialis. Um, so you know, just the, uh, the old, you know, unification symbol. So yeah, definitely go and have a look there. Uh, check it out. I've also got um, a big project kind of thread on the uh, the Bolter and Chainsword. Um, my uh, online tag is um, on Kizdogs, and uh, my big Bolter and Chainsword thread is it's like 108 pages long or something like that. So that's been going for a few years since I think 2011. Um, yeah, heaps and heaps of work on there. I've done. Um, painting tutorials for most of the legions. I um, People may have seen my work. I painted up one of each of the, uh, the legionaries for each of the legions, and I've done tutorials for most of those, and they can be found on there. Um, unfortunately, the um, the photos will be, uh, won't be available soon because Photobucket are trying to charge me was like $400 a year now to host them. So I've switched over to another host, but um, most of the images in my thread will uh, be disconnected within the next week, I think it is. So I'll um, be posting most of my stuff on Instagram and yeah, either using a new um, new image hoster or yeah, doing something else, unfortunately. Yes, too. Good Lord. Is that like, is, is that like, uh, like internet wide that that's happening or is that just like for you? Because there's going to be a lot of uh, no, blog that, that's spots. Internet. <laughs> yeah, I think it's internet wide. It's happened to a lot of people already, but um, it's just it, the date that I, um, you know, first signed up again uh, the anniversary or whatever so that's when i'll be um you know either booted from the from the hosting or you know forced to pay four hundred dollars a year to um you know for the privilege of sharing my images with the uh <laughs> the hobby community dang Man, dude i did not know that like i didn't yeah, it's I did already happened that they were it's already like... happened to a few other a few other sites that um a few other threads that i, I like to check out and stuff unfortunately but um, you know, there are plenty of other image hosts these days that are, you know, still free and, you know, even better than Photobucket. It's just I happened to use Photobucket when I first got into it back in, you know, 2011. So that's just the one I went with and it's been free up until now. And, um, yes, yeah, they just changed their policy and it's yeah, coming in. It's just what it is. Damn, dude. I've got some old, like, high elf pictures and old crew pictures on my Photobucket that <laughs> I should probably go get. <laughs> some old ass pictures from like <laughs> 2006 and 2005 that I've always just like gone back to. It was like, look at how young I was with painting my towel and my, <laughs> my high elves. Look at my empire. Yeah, Man, I started oh, off with high elves, definitely. Very cool. Yeah, Lothar and Seagull. But yeah, there, um, there, are a few, <laughs> there are a few different packages that they have so you can still have access to your images, but it's the full three, uh, $400 to to share them uh, on a third-party site, unfortunately. Wow, they, they really, like, they must really be hurting. <laughs> Trying to just, like, because everybody used it. Yeah, I can't I, think I, of one person who's not used Photobucket, except maybe Ryan. Ryan yeah, and I have used Photobucket. Yeah, I'm sending it as reminder, reminder emails, you know, do you want to sign up? Do you want to, you know, upgrade your package? And I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> fuck, that sucks. No chance. Yeah, fuck that. Oh, well. Well, yeah, guys, go check them out on Instagram, uh, Raptor Imperialis, right? Raptor Imperialis? Yep, or um, just uh, Google search Kizdugs, K-I-Z-Z-D-O-U-G-S, and I'll do an image search, and you'll see 
uh, I don't know what you'll see, but you'll see some of my work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, make sure safe search is off. So you get the full, <laughs> the full experience. So, sure, yeah. so you're not working on anything right now. It sounds like, it sounds like you're, uh, taking like a hobby uh, or I'm just I'm just um uh with real life things at the moment. But um I'm setting up my uh getting all my equipment together after the MKA course. I used some of the um the stuff provided on the course. So I had to um I had to get in a, c- a couple of gadgets for the uh the airbrush. I'm still trying to get everything set up. I could I could get painting as I am now, but I'm um, I'm also trying to decide what to do for my next project, whether I want to um, paint another Emperor's Children Army. They're my favourite. I've already got about 3,500, 4,000 points fully painted of those and um, a couple of thousand points of the Alpha Legion that for the list that uh, Ryan wrote up for me at the beginning of the year. still need to do the drop pods for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, with the, uh, with the airbrush, I want to start a new project so everything looks the same, everything's at the same standard, same techniques, what have you. So I'm trying to decide now. I'm, kind of, I'm leaning towards uh, Sons of Horus. Looking, looking at those, I'd be pretty sweet. Make a good, um, good wise as well. And um, another Emperor's Children army, but I you know, can't decide whether to go full Witchy Poo or Black Shields or Emperor's Children Loyalists or what have you. So, yeah, just uh, decisions at the moment and building up the stockpile of bits for whatever the next project is. <laughs> you would not believe how much, like, hate we got as, like, like well, I guess me personally, how much hate I got from like people defending loyalist emperor's children. Like I didn't know there was so many loyalist emperor's children players out there. Like once we did the, the third Legion episode where we talked about emperor's mm. children, like, and I was talking yeah. about well, that. How, that like, was me, mate. I think <laughs> well, you was like, Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> I think it was about two to one traders to loyalists. So emperor's children definitely have a, you know, probably I'd say the most well-represented loyalist trader legion. There is, I think, yeah. Uh, maybe Iron Warriors. There's a lot of Iron Warrior guys that do well. Here, Valen's definitely a strong choice, but um, yeah. considering the Emperor's Children don't have anything really kind of list-wise that's uh, particularly good if you're a loyalist. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do pretty well, yeah. Shitting on poor old... Saltarvitz. Yeah. <laughs> Ancient Rylanor. <laughs> no, Saltarvitz. Don't challenge me, <laughs> you'll kill us all. <laughs> Love it. Oh, he's just, he's just a little guy. Just don't just don't rag on him that much. <laughs> You're just piss him off. Yeah. <laughs> so about you, Teo, man. What's your story? What do you? Why don't you where do you? Where do you hail from? What is your? What are your hobby? From, my hobby has been intense lately, but. I'll give you a little backstory on the sultry lifestyle that is me. Talk close um, to your mic, because like you sound very, very much like midnight radio right now. Like if I was driving late at night, you would be the kind of person I would listen to. to get me Welcome to the midnight hour. <laughs> <laughs> late night DJ. Soft jazz and hobby talk. Love connection. Love uh, my, my panties just fell off. I mean, I didn't even try to take them off. They just fell off. They just like literally blew off my body. Like I was standing in front of a turbine engine or something. Um. Yeah, no, um, I'm being a little quiet because I have children sleeping and I have a boisterous voice that booms. 
Um, but yeah, I'll I'll speak up. Uh, but, uh, my hobby, well, for me, uh, I just like everybody, we played games back in the day, started with 40 K dabbled into too many other indie games that I can't even count. And then, uh, Kalth came out and I got hard for heresy. No lacking in, it's Matt. No, I was not lacking in turgidity. <laughs> but uh, yeah, started with Ultramarines and then sold those to a buddy who wanted to get into the hobby but didn't want to do the painting. So I sold him my like 4,000 points of painted Ultramarines and then from there started my White Scars army, which is like done. I just got to do like transfers and high details. And then, like, I would say in a week, I painted 3,500 points of Iron Warriors. Good lord, a week. Shit. Yeah, a week. I like... Tell, tell us your secrets. Um, Coffee, no sleep, and diligence. <laughs> tell us your what motivation. What kind of color scan did you go with? <laughs> yeah. um, the motivation was the White Scars were such a task for painting that the Iron Warriors were such a good palette cleanser because they're, they're dark. They're And I was talking to a guy who does like, um, uh, he does video videos, uh, Steve from Mini Wargaming. I don't know if anyone's seen them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was I'm telling us about, uh-huh. yeah, he was telling me about uh, how, what paint jobs get the most looks and Essentially, he described them as a horse paint job where they're all <laughs> super bright colors and focal points. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to be like that focal point. So my Iron Warriors have a um, <laughs> hazard stripes. Hazard stripes. Hazard <laughs> stripes. But um, that's the way I want to paint it because I didn't announce this but i am the other i am the other half of the podcast the boys of the golden throne you can look us up on facebook and soundcloud and one of the things we want to do in the next year is start doing video content what video content oh, yeah. cool. you heard video it here content. first so, boys um, <laughs> i haven't said it on our podcast yet but um oh. we're i want to do some video content in the next year and so i painted the iron warriors to be that whores style where just you just like notice it super quickly on the table which is which is like the super bright yellow hazard stripes compared to like the super dark drab um silver i did and the, the iron really pop on the table but i painted what is it like 30 preachers two iron circle two contemptors 10 tyrant siege terminators uh, some recon marines with shotguns, because why not? And Fuck a mastodon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ryan then... gave you a bunch of reasons why not, but he won't. <laughs> like, <it will> just... <laughs> oh, they're they're so <laughs> terrible, but they they have a, a feel in my army, which is going to be super cool. But the a whole theme I did for the Iron Wars army is a siege specialist army. So they the whole story is that they blow up on a wall and then go through. Well. I made the army to be the army that goes through. In the army, uh, there's no the only tank is the Mastodon. You just gonna give the recon dudes shotguns. Shotguns, and shotguns and, pretty fluffy. I feel like 
Exactly. So they just like snuck in there with shotguns and melted bombs and just started blowing the shit out of things. Sabotage team. Exactly. And yeah, so that's the whole argument. So the only tank is going to be... Oh, wait. I did order three tanks, though. But that's because I want to do the Vargarian Heresy um, tank battle rules. I don't know if you guys seen those yet. Yep. Go to the playtest. Warriors, Iron Warriors tank legion for that. Of just like 12 predators. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of predators. It's pretty fluffy. Yeah, exactly. So it's fluffy. And then um, the other thing is my... Warhound is like a early Christmas present, so that's half built to yourself or what? <laughs> like to, or early Christmas present to yourself, or did it just show up on your door? Like what? No, no, she's there? like, and she's like, you know what? I'm making more money. Why don't you just buy it for yourself? Yes. Tell me what weapons load out. You're painting first for it, so I can judge you. Turbo laser plasma blast gun. Okay, that's what I would do too. I also have a Vulcan Mega Bolter because it's just dope looking. So I've got that built. I've got the legs done, but I'm in debate on whether I want to paint the cockpit and like the crew compartment in the back or just like seal it up. Turbo Laser Plasma Blast Gun is I'm here to party. It's like I'm I'm ready for action and I'm taking this serious, but I'm not trying to be a dick. It's like so it's a mullet. It's a it's a tuxedo t shirt. Oh, yeah. weapons lit up. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. It's a tuxedo so, t shirts of weapons loadouts. But as far as the too. cockpit goes, just just seal that sucker up. Just just seal it up. I don't know. I was also thinking about um LEDing it so like you can see like the red eyes coming out of the cockpit. That'd be tight. I think with I a model the size on... of a Titan, surely you've got to paint everything. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you, uh, so that's, like, I can uh, count on one hand how many times I've taken somebody else's cockpit headpiece off of their Titan because <laughs> it's zero. Like, I've never, like, <laughs> gone, hey, <laughs> would you, did you paint in here? Like, I feel like it's disrespectful because if they didn't, then it's like, oh, man, now I feel like a cock. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you have to do it for yourself. And if you're unsure, then, you know, at that point. Like, I don't bother doing it. Yeah. If you see it, if you see it as work, then you know if it's not fun. But maybe you're a Kieran and you and go no and you buy it. the you go and buy the Knight Scion model to put inside your knights. <laughs> <laughs> so you take your. <laughs> I'd paint the interior on a Warhound. I mean, it's like yeah. if it's like fully modeled like that, and it's a big model where it, it comes off, and it's not like. A pain in the ass to magnetize it all and all that, and it's kind of designed to be taken off for display. I think it's cool to paint it. And the big question yeah, is, so do you get a closer patch if you uh, don't paint the inside? Oh, <laughs> that's true. They know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> um, Could you imagine so if we got a- the closer patch submission? Like somebody sent in like an entire army. Like here's my Titan in the background, and we we sent an email back. Go ahead and remove that cockpit for me real quick. I just need to check. <laughs> <laughs> Disqualified. You should do cockpits are for closers. <laughs> cockpits are for closers. <laughs> Fuck. Platinum closers. Shut them off. Kick them off the show. It's, <laughs> it's super funny, Kieran. You're talking about how you got so many Empress children. I was like just reading about them and I was like, oh, God damn it. I want to start an army of them now. I was just sitting on the shitter and I felt the Empress children flowing through me at the same time. 
Yeah, that's nice. how that works. What book I were think. You what, what book <laughs> made that happen? Was it Angel Exterminatus well, when they were the getting obvious... all fucking naked? Oh, probably. I think actually it is because I'm reading more about the Iron Wars at the same time. So I was getting all Twitter pated about doing an Empress Children Army. Damn, dude. So like, you can always tell a person like you can tell their their character by what book they're reading when they decided to start Emperor's Children. Like, if you're reading Fulgrim, <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, a, you're pretty normal. But if you're reading Angel Exterminatus and you wanted to start Emperor's Children, then you're a little freaky. Like, you got a little, you got a little weird, a little weird inside you. Because at that point, they're already... Well, like, like I said, I was taking a shit while I was inspired. So, we talked about it in our <laughs> podcast, the Pooh Sculptures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do, um, I do Red Path of Heaven. And yeah. Yeah, I fucking love the Empress Children in that one. Yeah, so I was I'm debating on that, and a buddy, another buddy's starting the army too. And I was like, "Shall we have an army off who could build the Empress Children fastest?" <laughs> nice. So I, I know it's 40k, Kieran, but have you listened to Talon of Horus? I. Uh, the first is that the first one in the series? It's the first, yeah. It's the first yeah, Black have, Legion book. I've, I've read it. I've got the book. Yeah, yeah. That the Emperor's Children guy, and that's really cool. The dude with the mask. Yeah, what's his name? Telemachon. I think Telemachon so. Lyris. Yeah, he's yeah, he's a badass. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow, just pulled that name yeah. right out of your head. <laughs> like just, just got it. <laughs> yeah, Emperor's um, Children, man. Yeah, so. You got to sell me on the Emperor's Children there, Kieran. Oh, easy, man. Best Legion. It's all about you now. I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting it into your hands now, into your graceful Australian hands. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> um, my first love of the Emperor's Children developed when I, um, I read the Index of Studies article for them. Ages ago, I don't know what that was like 2003, 2004, or something. So, I this is well think, before it was. I think I have that developed. white dwarf with it in there, actually. Yeah, I can't find my copy. I might have even borrowed it from the library or something. But, um, yeah, just, you know, I love that, you know, pre heresy at least, you know, their martial discipline, always, you know, striving to be the greatest. Um, just, yeah, the perfection, the drive. And I also like the, uh, the arrogance and the elitism as well. It kind of appeals to me <laughs> in a certain way. When you started that story, I know they're the I best. swear to God, you were going to start a story about how you like found your sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. people, you know, people, people always struggle to kind of uh, decide on their legion, and I enjoy all the legions. You know, that's why I painted a warrior from each of the legions because I love them all. But um, I don't know. Maybe the Empress Children were the first kind of legion that I really looked into. It was just I stumbled across the article. But um, yeah, they've always they've always been my favorite since then. Well, that didn't really sell me. It sounded like you just sold yourself again. <laughs> <laughs> Double sold. Well, it's, I'm on their rules. Then you know they're they're decent, but they're not amazing. Um, no, they're pretty cool. I don't really have a comment on them. Yeah, aesthetically, they're they're awesome. You know, they're, they're Palatine plays. I think they were the first unit released by Forge World, but um or just about that you know they're still amazing they're still some of the best you know if i compare them to the the Varigir terminators they just they shit all over those they're, they're amazing you know the phoenix guard they're also you know still some of the most good they're not the yeah they, they are good that you know in in game they're not fantastic but the models are fantastic 
And um, I use their models to, um, you know, represent characters, Praetors, um, Primus Medicaes, Legion Champions, you know, Chaplains, what have you. And, they, and, you know, you can even use individual Phoenix Guard Terminators as champion models for regular Legion Terminator units, which, you know, it's a shame, but they are better, you know, for their points than a Phoenix Guard unit. So, and, you know, it's the same with their upgrade kit. The chests aren't amazing. You know, what can you really do with a Palatine Aquila? A Palatine Aquila is a Palatine Aquila. If you want, you know, amazing Empress Children detail, that's, you know, that's when you go to the Palatine Blades. And, of course, they can be used as, you know, veterans or um, uses individual characters and, uh, you know, unit champions. Because, you know, again, the Palatine Blades aren't a fantastic unit in-game. They're just regular Space Marines with, um, you know, counterattack. They've got a three-plus save swords which is nice but you know i i don't know why they don't have artificer armor if you look at the models and look at the yeah, other I think um, they originally you know, did it. yeah they they um champion comes with it automatically the prefector but the uh the models don't even have it you know, it's, it's a shame yeah especially with things like the luctor storm squad which are essentially the same thing just mm -hmm. so. when i saw those i was that unit should be an empress children unit i would love to have that unit as competitive as yeah. say the uh, the suzerain, it's still you know a fantastic unit, and I'd I'd love to have it for the Empress Children. But you know, it is what it is. I'd also love to have you know power swords for breaches, even though that's not a powerful you know choice. You know, I've, I've built some Empress Children breaches using Palatine blades and um, Phalanx water shields, and I've given them power swords. But you know, that's not an actual unit entry, so they just count as regular breaches, even though they look so myself. <laughs> yeah, I like them. They're yeah. on your. Uh... Instagram. Instagram, yeah, yeah, the white ones. So the model's fantastic. Uh, the background is, you know, fantastic. I definitely um, got an improvement with the uh, the updated Legion rules. The uh, you know automatic plus one initiative on the charge, which is you know decent. But um, you know they don't have any particular like you know power or um, you know any really great. Um, specific units to kind of enhance that. I think that style. they work really well with drop drop assault vanguard. I've done a few lists with yeah. that with them. Suits their legion yeah. traits as far as rules wise. I also think they would be good in the jet bike ride of war. Okay. Yeah. The, and third, com third actually, company elites a good good list. I was thinking about doing that. The other one was just using like their their, their Scar Amara or whatever called. It's, it's decent. It's, it lets you get your you know reserves on when you want them to, and they can outflank. But you have to I take a legion champion, which isn't fantastic, and you have to kill the enemy warlord. Point. So yeah, that's downsides. I was going to take two venators and a three-man machine spirited plasma executioner squad for the outflanking. And it, it is, has to be elite. And it just can't. Yeah, do it. Has to be elite or oh, fast. Okay. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, shit snacks. Would be pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah, I still want to see the dreadnoughts, the dreadnought talons. Yeah. Oh, the dreader cadence. Cortis, yeah, two combat weapons. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Oh, I would just scream Dreadric Tatum playing that list. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about like nine Cortis dreadnoughts with uh, with carries, dual carries, just showing up on the side of uh, flanking on you <laughs> on turn two. Just yeah, <laughs> I don't think Empress children are particularly known for their dreadnoughts, but um, it'd definitely be a cool-looking army. 
Just get a bunch of those uh I don't think I'd go nine. I'd, I think I'd go a talon <laughs> of like three. Go like a talon of three dreads and then do like some, some veterans or something. You know what I mean? Mix it up. Like, cause you get three individual each choices to do that with. You mean you Balls don't uh, rape your battery rapiers? <laughs> Outflanking rapier batteries. Yeah. I wouldn't get to shoot on the turn they come in, so. No. Well, yeah. Saying, that's what's be stupid to do. Unless you give them a little <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I was just saying before, Third Company Elite is a pretty decent list as well. I don't give it too much thought personally because yeah. I kind of lean towards the more kind of um, loyalist Emperor's Children. But Third Company is probably the way to go with Emperor's Children for sure because um, Relentless Cacophony is is good. You know, they're an yeah. expensive unit, but you only need a couple for your troops and then you can have some veterans in Elite, Dreadclaws, uh, combi weapons, what have you. And it's it's a, definitely the way to go with Emperor's Children. And Eidolon is a decent character as well. He doesn't really buck the army for his unit but um he's a good beast stick character it's just unfortunate that you know the empress children one of the most disciplined you know known for their kind of insane you know pre-battle planning don't really have anything to actually kind of represent that in the game you think they should have something almost like the like that one ultramarine right of war where they kind of get to choose an ability and they get that ability for the turn um, yeah, that could work. Like, like I said, like when I saw the, uh, the storm squad for the, uh, ultramarines, I was like, that's perfect. That would be like a great infrastructure unit. I also thought that when I saw the, um, the, uh, the ultramarines legion right of war, uh, sorry, legion rules. I thought they would be, they could, you know, be great empress children rules themselves, yeah. but you know, maybe something like mutable tactics would be a bit too extreme for the empress children, but Having, um, I think, I, I, know, I think that regardless of their right of war, they should never have to roll for reserves. I think that would make more sense. It's because they find it so perfection. Yeah, that, that could be that could be really powerful with certain rights of war, like orbital assault or what have you. But um, you know, I suppose there'd be a downside to it as well to kind of balance it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you know, even just a bonus to rolling for um reserves. You know, like. You know, like re-roll a one or whatever, yeah, you know? something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, welcome to the Radio Free Istvan uh, Emperor's Children episode two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here still <laughs> well, just started listening to the last. <laughs> listening to the last episode, still... you guys just said you're going to redo the. Okay, and I was like, does that mean I get a second Emperor's Children one? Or... <laughs> <laughs> you just got it, man. You just you just had to do it yourself. I just got it. <laughs> I just, did anybody else now. like? Did anybody else catch like the whole? I think I got Index of Stardust from the library thing. Like, did that just? Did we just all skip over that? Like, yeah. Did it, did no, it, I, I, that, that hit me. Like, like what the heck? Like, we don't have library. It's kind of, we used to have all their white dwarves and stuff at our uh, local place too. Uh -huh. our, what? Uh, when, I was, when I was younger, like you know, I could yeah. just go in and you know they usually got them on the day they were released and they had a. You know, if you got them in there first, you have first access to it, and then you know you can borrow it for three weeks or a month or you know whatever it was, and that's you know fantastic. And I was you know at school didn't have to pay for it, so just get a library card; it's free. Borrow what you want. I'm gonna lose my shit if they have the fucking white dwarfs at our library. <laughs> like, I'm gonna go check our public yeah, library specifically <laughs> to go see. I, that's how I started. With, like... <laughs> that's how I started with black library books as well. The library had some, so yeah. yeah. Read a few, loved them, and then you know went out and. And dude, look cash. at like used, used. Yeah, go to used bookstores, man. Like I. Mm -hmm. 
like seven old school white dwarves at a store for like a dollar a piece. No, I like I found black library books. I found yeah. like basically all the gold rim uh Horace Heresy books. I found them at used bookstores and stuff like that. But never have I even considered going to the library for books, like for for Warhammer books. If I go and they got like book three, like I'm gonna lose my mind. Like it's like, oh yeah, we got we got Inferno in. Yeah, no yeah we got all the books. We all got, we got the leather. <laughs> we got all the black books. You have to go. Yeah, I don't know if they're splashing seventy pounds on a book, man. No. <laughs> I just imagine you have to like go to the basement, uh, recite a hymn, and then walk down, and there's just like a clergyman be like, with <laughs> <laughs> a special blood key. You must pass the Holy Grail style test. Yeah. You have to pass all like Christian sacrificial uh, ornaments just to get to the black books. <laughs> it's, oh, oh God! These are the wrong black books. I wanted to, these aren't these aren't Warhammer. <laughs> oh, we, we completely misunderstood. And now you're on the watch wanted. list. <laughs> it's like but the you passed all the trials. <laughs> <laughs> you're the chosen one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway. So that was my hobby talk. So let's actually get to back to the episode. <laughs> yeah, that was some good hobby talk, man. We totally veered off into some Emperor's Children talk. I didn't realize Kieran was so in love with the Emperor's Children. That's good to know. I bet he was cringing the entire time we were pretending to talk about Emperor's Children in our episode. During <laughs> he was probably like, "Oh, you fucking idiots!" <laughs> like, "Oh, get he's out a, of here!" Sounds like he's a fan of the purple-headed uh, perfection slingers. <laughs> But that's okay. That's okay. You made it through. Here you are. You made it. You made it past. <laughs> so, so let's get to some hobby progress from Ryan. Ryan, what have you been working on, buddy? I painted, painted more land raiders. So I'm up to five Phoboses. I have all five of my Phoboses done. Get fucked. Shit. Yeah. On an Achilles, and it's. Pretty much all done except for I got halfway through the tracks and then uh so I just gotta do the tracks and the weathering and it'll be done. I got all the decals on and all the details are painted. Because I basically the way I've been doing them, I paint the whole thing and get it all painted or whatever, and then do all the weathering at the end. So once the tracks are done, it's pretty much all the way painted. And then I do all the weathering, and then the only thing I do after the weathering is paint like the any type of lights if they have like headlights or targeters or uh, little windscreens or whatever. I do all those afterwards. So because, you know, you don't want the weathering. I guess you could put it on there, but well, like on those, it almost just looks like a slit in the tank. Like I've just painted them black. So, I mean, it, it like where you can't really tell if it's a window or just an opening, I guess. So, yeah, those tanks look absolutely fantastic, man. People have been losing their minds over the tracks. Yeah, dude. Where yeah. did you get those again? Blood and skulls. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you been asked that question in the past few months? Oh, a million times. I was joking in the patron chat. I'm literally going to get a shirt made that's just my Blood Angel paint formula. And then below that is uh, where like the tracks are from Blood and Skulls. Like, whatever. Like, all the, the fucking questions. That I get. Out. Yes, I went to MK. <laughs> Do you have to the other? Okay, and the, yeah, 
the other, do you have time to look at this list? That's that's the other. I, I don't. Yeah. You have to put an answer for that on it. It's just it's just a shirt full of hashtags. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, yeah. Let's see. I did those, and then I just been working a lot. So, I uh, I just got off a double shift. Actually, that's why I'm kind of a little sluggish or whatever. This is my third. Today is my third double shift in a row. And it's my last day off was October 22nd, but I'm off work Whatever, tomorrow. Soft, yes, I am soft. Um, <laughs> so glad to be through this. So I, I'm on the other side of it. I also, I put in a big order with uh, Blue Forge Terrain out of Australia to, uh, for my first. <laughs> yeah, he can paint it for me. Yeah, there you only go. Half of it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh uh I sat down and and wrote up all my Adepticon missions. I did an inventory of all the tables I have and I have a big list like I keep every mission that I've ever wrote cuz I've wrote tons of custom missions and I name them all something uh specific to that mission and keep a huge list and if I like I'm looking for a mission for a certain table or have an idea I can literally just go to my my mission list and like copy and paste that whole idea and then slightly edit it to fit more like what I'm trying to do now if it's close or um, even just use the whole thing. But I wrote two or three new missions, um, rewrote some old ones, you know, fix some things. Because that's the other thing. Like I like to, and then as I do, they'll go through several events. I can tweak them. You know what I mean? Like if, if we run into little problems or like, you know, there's little hangups or maybe it's like people are like, oh, I really liked it, but I felt like if you did this, it would be better. Like, you know, just getting feedback. So they, they've evolved over time and I, I've gotten them down to where it's like, you know, this is the way this, this I know that people enjoy this mission. I know that it works well and I know that it's going to come down to, you know, a, a fairly close game if, if the two armies fighting each other are relatively, you know, balancing each other. So what you're saying is you need to send me a PDF so, of all of these. I can, yeah. I, I got oh, all of them written. That would be a beautiful. Because so like how you're describing it, so, it sounds like the playbook from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Oh. <laughs> it's like a um, Rolodex of missions, Michael, man. We, yeah. before, we, before we released it, we used to joke that my phone, because I had all the lists we did for the show on my phone, and we would always joke that it was the playbook from The Waterboy. <laughs> that the guy had. Um, but no, so anyway, I just been working on a lot of that Adepticon stuff. It's mostly planning, and I, like I said, I did an inventory of terrain, um, wrote all the missions that I wanted, came up with like the aesthetics that I wanted the mission to do and what I wanted the terrain. Because I try to come up with a mission and then build terrain around that mission to really enhance it and really make it immersive and like make it all go into like. Like where it's all working together, I guess. It's not just like, ah, oh, we're playing on this table, let's roll a random mission, and then you get deployment and some mission that you're like, oh, well, if we'd have played on this table with this deployment, it would have been better. Narrative events, I like, personally, I like to design the mission around the, uh, the terrain on the table. That makes a total sense. Like, um, we're for the. The boys that go and throw and we're eventually going to be starting our own event series. And what we want to do is we have something called the Citizen Soldier Award. We're yep. thinking about which people bringing their own tables with a mission. 
Yeah. Hell with yeah. the train in mind. Yeah. And that way we don't have to bring like have to bring 30 tables of terrain to a tournament because that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So I I put in a big order for from Blue Forge to fill in some gaps, like some just some things that I really wanted that I felt like would really fit the missions that I was trying to do and really represent the direction I wanted to take a you know that mission in. And then I just have a whole bunch of I don't even know you guys might even be able to see it. This shelf right there. Is it going to focus? There we go. That whole shelf there is just terrain that needs to be painted and worked on. And then there's Holy some shit. back there. So all this just needs to be worked on. So that's all stuff I need to paint. And then I'm getting ready for all the, um, you know, all the Blue Forge stuff to come in. Luke over there is hooking me up. And then I ordered some stuff from Game Mat EU that's coming in. And then just got some other random shit off of eBay. So I'm trying to knock out these death guard and as soon as the death guard are done i'm going to jump into terrain for adepticon to get ready for that event that i'm running uh ryan you just made me so thankful i didn't have my webcam on right now i'm totally just in my underwear <laughs> oh <laughs> did, you have like a, did you just like have a panic moment like oh fuck is my webcam on like can they see me oh when i first joined <laughs> the group I, it was on i was like oh i'm gonna turn that off <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! Did Ryan's hobby room make you hard? Oh, super hard! My hobby room right now is like a shelf against near the TV, and then I have to bring boards out of my bathroom to make a table. <laughs> you got to bust out the old the old dinner trays so that you can hobby. Pretty much, one hundred percent. That's why I paint armies in a week because I can't paint it over a gradual period of time. <laughs> I, I only painted two land raiders this week and I felt like that was a pretty good accomplishment so I couldn't imagine painting like 2,500 points. There's well, just no way. 3,500 and... <laughs> also, <laughs> like just, I said, uh... you're soft. <laughs> oh, real quick before we move on, I wanted to... You know, Kieran was saying he had all those uh, painting tutorials and stuff up on his thing. He helped me with my black shields a lot. Whenever I started that black shield army, I got a lot of the ideas for the battle damage and stuff from looking at his pictures on Eye of Horus. Because whenever he would post up, I'd always make, I'd always just admired his painting. I didn't really, you know, know him or whatever. I'd just comment. And um, I said something to Tim one day from Eye of Horus. I was like, man, I really like Kieran's stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, just hit him up. He'd talk to you. And I'm like, really? You think so? Like a fucking, <laughs> and uh, Tim was making fun of me. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he would, Ryan. I'm like, all right. So then I just, I messaged Kieran out of the blue. And I'm like, hey, man, can I ask you some painting shit? He's like, yeah, sure. So then we, you know, we talk. We've been talking since then. Every yeah, day. I love, love sharing hobby ideas, hobby tips, you know, what works and what doesn't. love hearing from other people as well. So always happy to share my ideas and, um, you know, put new stuff out there and stuff. Yeah, it's good. So anyway, I just want, wanted to thank you on air for that. And if people like my black shields or whatever, Karen, Kieran helped me with that. Gave me some ideas and some pointers on how to get that battle damage right and make it look the way it does. Absolutely. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I've seen any of you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sad panda. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care to. 
<laughs> like just <laughs> I'd r- I'd rather read read books on the shitter and sit around in my underwear and talk about these really fast. <laughs> oh, you don't worry, they they're they're the withering's guys. fantastic. Uh, my wife is texting me and making fun of me for complaining about my hobby area. <laughs> <laughs> she said you had a chance to have a bigger hobby area. <laughs> no, she's like you. <laughs> you she's like boohoo. Remember shelves. <laughs> I'm working Yo. on something behind. The, speaking of hobby areas, I'm working on something behind the scenes that I I just can't wait. I just can't wait to review. Is it like a portable like? A rent a hobby area where you drop off like a shed and people can hobby in it. Uh, no, oh, it's better oh my than goodness. that. <laughs> well, we'll talk after the show about that, Teo, because I think you're onto something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just a traveling trailer. <laughs> it's like the pods <laughs> thing, like the moving pods, but it's just like a hobby fucking area. You just drop it. Just imagine like sounds a, fucking amazing. Like a, a, a one ton truck pulling like a horse camper, and <laughs> like in the horse camper, there's like six different airbrushing stations and you just like pull around like Matt Kane or Andy and they just like, you know, they, they just run their classes and they just go on like an American adventure. And was, uh, a true American story. Yeah. That'd be tight. <laughs> oh, did you have, God, did you have the thing in school? Like the, the, what was that thing Sky called? Lab, Star lab, Star lab. No, Star lab. it was a book. It had a bunch of books on it. It was like a truck or like a big bus thing. Book fair. No, it's called the Scholastic, well, it's like a Scholastic library. Book Fair, like the Bookmobile. 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 That's it. The Bookmobile. But the hobby. Nope. That'd be the hobby mobile, I guess. But it'd be just like the Bookmobile. <laughs> it's just got sweet stuff in there. You just use it for an hour and leave it. I went to school with the kid that burnt down the Bookmobile with arson. He just <laughs> what? Totally burnt <laughs> what? Fucking book. Please tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is it? He lit the book with on fire. I came from a shitty neighborhood. It's a bunch of poor people, man. When Kieran was like, I found these hobby books at my library, I was thinking, fuck, I never even saw the inside of the library. I was watching by the goddamn railroad tracks and watching Kane Pennington burn down the bookmobile. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Diamond shine. No. <laughs> Down, 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 down. <laughs> See, that's that's how you can tell you're older than me, Ryan, because I did not have the bookmobile. I had the book fair where we'd have to go inside the library. And yeah, like, I remember the you can tell you're older than me because there was no more bookmobile because your fucking asshole of a friend burned down. <laughs> he wasn't my friend. He wasn't my friend, bro. Lies. He was your best friend. He's your arson friend. His name was Kane Pennington. Sounds like a burning. Calling you out for burning. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing nowadays. I wonder he how old like Mr. Pennington's doing. I don't know. He's probably in jail <laughs> for arson. Probably. <laughs> yeah, well, the police are after him now. <laughs> Literature major or something like that. It's the South Park Chicken Fucker episode. That guy's after him. It's, I'm teaching people to read. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So All anyway. Right. What about your hobby progress, Michael? Uh I've been working on sisters, man. Pretty uh pretty stoked. I got actually I got bases in today. So in the 
in between me getting off of work and you getting off of work ready to record, I managed to get those bases primed, get them dry brushed like asphalt, put little white lines on them to make them look like streets. And then while I was sitting here, I glued all, uh, let me see, I think it's like 24 sisters that I needed to glue up. So I glued 24 sisters onto their bases, in which I've been waiting for fucking ever because they come from Athens. Uh, Mr. I can't remember the guy's name, Polydorf or something like that off of eBay. Super cool guy. Makes some sick-ass bases. Hold on, let me get his name right. Let me find it for you guys. Uh, his Are name you gonna is... Are going to have those done in about 60 days? Uh, I'm trying to. I'm I'm the... really trying to. His name is Philidorf. Better boy. <laughs> Philly Dwarf. Philly, yes, Philly Dwarf on eBay. He makes a whole bunch of bases, and he made all of these asphalt bases. Super nice, super cool. And what kind of scared the shit out of me is, so he sent thir- like I ordered forty bases from him, and he, apparently he only sent thirty nine. And he realized it when he found like one of the asphalt bases. He was like, "Fuck, I've missed a base." So he threw that base into another package along with like eight other bases. But I got that package first, and I didn't know that there was this mix-up. And so, like, I waited, like, I don't know, probably, like, a month now to get these bases. And, like, I finally come in, and my sisters have been, like, sitting on nothing. Like, I had them on their little, like, their little clips painted up. Like, I had all these sisters ready to go, just ready to get based. And then finally that package comes in. I was like, this package seems awfully light. And there's only, like, eight bases in there. And he's all, oh, yeah, uh, the... I, I realized I fucked up and like basically he was like, yeah, I realized I fucked up. I sent you a single base with like eight free bases, but uh, he's like, you haven't gotten the other package yet with all the bases in it because I sent that one like three days before this one. And I was like, oh God, like, of course, like I've been waiting all this time for these fucking bases to come from Greece and they're lost in the mail or something. And they, they, they made it, they made it guys. No worries. But they came in today. So they probably pulled one so yeah. for customs and not the other one. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah. So, stupid customs. They look like resin money or something. So, but yeah. So <laughs> these are cocaine sisters, chips, right? <laughs> these look just like cocaine chips. We've seen it all before. They put some... toys and they send cocaine. <laughs> oh, so sisters, so, Michael. Kieran was asking. What's up? You put them on Facebook. Did you yeah. post pictures of the sisters? Yes, they are in the Patreon chat. I haven't posted them on Facebook, Facebook, but they're oh, yeah. inside the Patreon chat. Yeah, yeah looking yeah. good. So, so there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So they are they are slowly getting ready. <laughs> I've got the next group of 17. I've got 17 clips. That's why I paint them 17 at a time, and there's 34 of them. So it's kind of awkward. Like, it's an awkward number to be painting, but so the next 17 <laughs> are on their clips ready to go. So, but yeah, oh, sister's boy. on the way, man. Doing good. They're doing good. I'm a little, I'm a little bit like confused. Like so, so I'm like I'm doing all swords. Like so far, I've only assembled sword, sword, sword girls, and so uh, I have two of the squads of just like the normal like vigilators, which are like the you know just the troop sword girls with the executioner blades, and then I've got in my list I've got four squads of the elite excruciators or the fuck they're called that are they they have the execution blades. And so that's like, 
all out the gate. That's like sixty sisters or something like that. And well, sixty sisters minus three because I got to squeeze in like three HQs into that that go into those units, and then all of them will be riding in their acquisitors or whatever. But I've kind of been, you know, trying oh, to. The doom worm. Yeah, the doom worms. I got a whole bunch of those coming too. But uh, I've been trying to nice. like figure out like, is it worth? Like, do I should I drop one? Like, okay, for one, you can take Janisha Kroll, who's like the super sister, and she can like upgrade one of your uh one of your execution excruciator squads to a badass squad. Which done, we'll do that, knock that out real quick, and then. You know, I can take. You can either take fill up all four of my loot choices with this excruciator squad, which don't have implacable advance, and so there's like these are non-scoring units. Or should I take like a normal a third troop sister squad with execution blades, or should I take the you need HQ it, squad? You need at least good. You need at least three or four troops. Yeah, so that's. That's kind of where I'm at right now is trying to get the idea of is should I so should you think I should just do three vigilators and three excruciators? Their names are fucking weird. Like three troop sword girls and three elite girls. I would just do three sword girls squads and then do whatever you want after that. Three troop troop sword swords girls. or three swords. <laughs> Thank the you. Me and are always three on the scoring team. units. I don't care what you do, but you need at least three scoring units. Okay. I four, but so so yeah. So so the only thing to identify my sisters as uh, troops versus elites are I painted the capes and the front loincloth red on all the troops ones, and on all my elites one I went with like a royal purple. So that's the only thing separating them right now. So for these next group of this next batch of seventeen, I can go ahead and parse out some in red <laughs> and some in <laughs> so my cat chewed up one of the other ones so I used to have 20 of those little clips but now Aww. I got 17 now so how does he chew them how, up is it, she chews on the like right where the tip is man it's got like a little rubber rubber thing that holds the tip uh, on like a yeah, shrink yeah, yeah. and she just she just for some reason she likes chewing on that yeah. part so it just falls off and the wood's broken in, the dowel is broken inside the clip so but anyway I'm not mad at her. She's great. Uh, so, so yeah. So, but Ryan, I was kind of asking the Patreon chat, and I kind of talked to you a little bit a second ago as well. But there, like, there's not a lot of sisters. Tack. I cannot go. Like, even if you go to you know Heresy 30K forum to go look at like sisters tactics or anything, it's just barren. Like, there's just fucking raw. There's nobody there talking about sisters chat. Like, there's nobody talking about sisters tactics. Like, what's working? Because I don't think, like, I think this is, like, the golden age because I know of, like, four other people who are working on sisters armies right now, like, pure sisters, but there's not a whole lot of, like, tactics, like, and, like, what units work, what units don't work, like, you know, how to run them and all this stuff. You know, I've had some good, like, I've had some good talk, like, with people, like, uh, uh, like Jonathan West, he plays some sisters with his custodes, and, like, he's got, he had some good, uh, some good feedback on how to run sisters and all that stuff. And some of our Patreon guys, they'll they'll come in and talk to you about like how to run sisters and what units are working for them. But I really don't know like how well like do I need to take like a grenade launcher squad? Should I just run all swords? Should I take like is the HQ squad with all the the uh, the 
the burners, the uh, flamethrowers that you can make strength six, are they worth it? I don't know, man. Like, I don't know any of this fucking shit. And, like, I guess, you know, it's wild. Yeah. I think most people just see them as cheap scoring units for custodes, really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and an assault transport they can ride in with their shield captain. Yeah. Yeah. So they just don't have that to... kind of diversity of units yet. No, yeah, yeah for that's sure. The big... That's that's the one non-legion thing I'm really looking forward to. Some some new sisters models actually, the infantry at least. Yeah, yeah. get tired with all the custodes and launchers. Kind of releases, but some yeah. new sisters kind of based on the art from our collected visions would be amazing. Stupid custodes. <laughs> <laughs> we have we just had a tournament not too long ago. And we have one custodes player, and he was like, they're not that bad. They're not bad. Then he trolloped everybody. And then he was <laughs> this like, This is yeah, my they- shocked face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was just like, Maybe they're pretty gross. <laughs> this is my what like, is yes, trolloped means face. <laughs> <laughs> Did he, does that mean he did good? Does that mean he definitely good? No. He did very well. I'm just playing. But uh, it was it was just super funny because like up to the tournament, um, he had to actually have his list errated because he had like, I think it was like twelve of the he- uh, heterons, hey, like the three runs. wound, yeah. yeah yeah he had what a three choice, he had, yeah he had tw- yeah no no he had tw- uh, two squads of six, yeah uh, um just uh for the first day of the tournament and then um he was like yeah maybe they're pretty gross and he went back to his world leaders <laughs> well at least they look bloody awesome yes they yeah do. that toys for tots on he's fucking amazing yeah dave did a good job on that really awesome yeah just had a look at him before so the bidding's going pretty well bidding's going fantastic man I'm uh yeah. By the time this gets released, you probably have like if you're listening right now and it's the day that it dropped, you probably have like 30 minutes or something like that to go check out the uh, the toys for. Oh no, it should yeah no. You have till tomorrow to do it if you're listening the day this released. Uh, if you go check out the what's your channel? Do, do it. Yeah, I was just gonna say what's your turnaround for the episode because it's only like 19 and a half hours left. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. You probably have like twelve hours like this episode should drop tonight, so you probably have like mm, twelve hours or so. But if you go to uh eBay, type in RFI cool. Toys for Tots Custodes Army, or if you go to our Facebook page, we actually have a pin link that has the army in there. Uh then you can actually go straight from our Radio Free Savannah pa- Facebook page and it'll lead you to that eBay link. And then that'll get you to the Toys for Tots Army. There's a beautiful, beautiful Custodes Army painted up by powerful Dave over at Perpetual Painting. Uh, and that is 100% all the proceeds from, or all the, I guess, profit that goes from purchasing that army. Everything you pay towards that army will go directly to Toys for Tots, which is the uh, U.S. Marine Corps-sponsored uh, ch- charity that purchases gifts not just toys but gifts for underprivileged children they try to make sure that all children have 
uh, some sort of gift, you know, either gifts they need or gifts they could use uh, for Christmas. So it's a very awesome charity. They, they do a lot of work. And uh, powerful Jamie put this together. Uh, he's been doing it for years, and he's uh, he's doing it over at the uh, Radio First Event podcast now. So thank you, yep. Jamie. Oh, so you're telling me that uh, poor children don't want to start 30K? They might. <laughs> be a, it'd be a rough choice. Actually, if you're a poor yeah. child out there and you want to start 30K, just hit me up. Like, I can't, like, hit me up. I'll get you taken care of. <laughs> Perfect. I need, I need, I need proof you're poor, though. Well, what's the, what's the age cutoff for, like, a child? Because I have a feeling that you're going to get, like, some 32-year-old fucking email you now. <laughs> somebody who, somebody, some, They're a child at somebody heart. who, <laughs> yeah, somebody who identifies as a child is like, son of a bitch. Like, yeah. This is odd. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> it's like yeah. skirting them away, like they're like but like they're like pigeons. <laughs> it's exactly what I'll do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so looking at my phone while, while Freddie was asleep. I changed his uh, nickname on the podcaster chat to Ryan's European boyfriend, <laughs> and you can't see your own you can't see your own nickname, so I, he doesn't know <laughs> that it's been changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead Sorry. and I'll tag him. <laughs> it's like, hey, at Ryan's European boyfriend, can we... Uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question on the tank rules. That straight up sounds like a uh, like a, a webcam porn hosting site. <laughs> Ryan's European boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, it might be a thing. So, Rule do not put that in Google with uh, <laughs> restrictions off. <laughs> Please do. Safe search off, boys. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so anyway, actually, go ahead and type in Ryan's European boyfriend into Google Image Safe Search and go ahead and email whatever images you pick up to Ryan at Warhammer30k.com. Any no, images you no, pick up, don't. guys, just send them straight to Ryan at Warhammer30k.com because Ryan loves practical jokes. He loves all sorts of like, – the, the practical jokes he just did to Freddy, let's go ahead and – Let's give him some karma back uh, and <laughs> go ahead and send them his way. He'd love to see them. Safe search off. So anyway, that's it for happy progress. Go ahead and move wow, on. Wow, it's not that. as bad as you think. <laughs> oh shit. So So now on it's to just the pictures of a lot of douchey dudes. <laughs> <laughs> send them to Ryan. Ryan at warm at Make sure he gets all of them. So just anyway. just on the custodes though, one last thing. Like, if people haven't seen the custodes army for Toys for Tots, fucking go and have a look at it. Even if you're not going to bid, just check out the red on those tanks. It'd be absolutely amazing. I think they've done some kind of a red marble effect on it. Fucking mind blowing. So just go and check that out. It looks so bloody good. And I think he's got some header and guard conversions with kind of different plumes on their helmets. Yeah, those look. I was fucking just looking at those. Look really sweet. He converted all that stuff. Yeah. The, he made his own shield captain. He made. He converted a whole bunch of stuff for it. Yeah, just click on those individual photos and zoom in on them. They look bloody amazing. So proud of you, Dave. So proud of you. So whoa. Anyway, like whoa. Moving out of hobby progress, we're gonna go ahead and uh, we have one announcement that we want to go ahead and get out of the way. Uh, so if you actually go to our Facebook page right now, we'll go ahead and post up a link to a. I guess it's a kind of like an affiliate thing. We worked with Shapeways, 
and we worked with Powerful Lice over at Shapeways uh, to get a curated collection for you guys. And I'm trying to get more and more things added on there. They really, I don't think they wanted as much stuff as like I submitted over to them. But uh, <laughs> if you like, I, I tried to keep it as minimal as I could. But like, if you go to this link on our Facebook page, you will see a curated collection of horse heresy models. So, so if you're listening now and you've never gone to Shapeways and you've never actually like seen the amount amount of like crazy conversion bits that you can find on Shapeways uh, from a number of different uh, a number of different 3D modelers, they're there. And lucky for you, we've pulled all the Horus Heresy Legion ones that would make sense to put to upgrade your uh, Kalth or Prospero box. So we, uh, we we got together with Shapeways. They made a special Radio Freest Van curated section, and it's got you know shoulder pads. It's got chain uh, chain axes. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that people have 3D modeled up in there that you can you can see and get upgrades for. So. Uh, something that I just want to announce that uh, as well. I did want to go ahead and announce that right now, uh, Pop Goes the Monkey, powerful Matt Schweitzer, has a special promotion going on that if you spend $25 or more, you can get free shipping on Shapeways. So that's going to be his Black Friday thing going on there. So if you're looking for, if you've been looking, if you've been eyeballing them special shoulder pads and things like that, go check that out and, uh, he can get you taken care of there, get you some of that free shipping on Either Canada or Australia. I I don't know what that means. Does it is it not free shipping if you're in Canada or Australia? Usually it never helps us. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in Godless like, yeah. country <laughs> then then sorry. <laughs> if you're not in good old fashioned Murica, then sorry, they're not gonna Murica. take care of you. I don't know. Give it a shot. Maybe it will. We don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I just know what works for me. <laughs> so, anyway. So, yeah. Just want to <laughs> shout that out. Uh, before the end of the year as well, uh, we do have another Shapeways promotion coming up. So, keep an eye out for that. They've been working with us a lot. Lice over at Shapeways. She's super cool. She's trying to get people driving to uh to shapeway she's trying to drive the hobby over there and she sees the value in all of you horse heresy nerds out there and so she's uh giving g- giving us opportunity <laughs> no one wants to buy more to... custom stuff than heresy players <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so the more uh the more you go support them the more they can uh support small podcasts like us and the more that they can uh you know Get their name out there and uh, support people. Well, it encourages people to make make more items. Get you know, get more stuff made. So, like, if you buy, you know, you think something's cool and you buy it, um, and then you can even like custom order things or make recommendations on other things, you know, to be made. And it just encourages people to expand their product lines and make more cool shit for you to buy to convert your guys. Hell yeah! And if you remember a couple episodes back, we were talking about how we. we, we're getting people to commission things now, and we have ideas that we're throwing out there. Well, it's in the work, boys. And there's two very powerful 3D modelers that are working together right now that I can't say, but it's, there's a secret going on that they didn't even tell me the secret. So that's how you know something amazing's coming that they wouldn't even tell me. Like, 
3D yep, printers. A couple things in the pipeline. Bagging. Yeah. There's there's things in the pipeline that are specifically heresy related that will not come from Forge World. They will come from third party 3D modelers that will send them to Shapeways and it'll be amazing. And this is the world we live in right now and I love it. This is amazing. There is something so that Kieran's really going to want for his Emperor's children. I can feel it in my bones. Affordable ZM tables. <laughs> Fucking excited. <laughs> I feel Just it in my plugs. Everyone, everyone who has a list where, you know, Brian's dumped a couple of squads of machine killer vets and they're going, uh, you know, check out the Shapeways combi weapons because they're fucking sick. Because <laughs> unless you can get your hands on a bunch of plastic, you know, Betrayal at Calth or um, Crossbow combi weapons, it can be an absolute pain in the ass. I've used the, uh, the Forge World resin ones before and they're not that great. I've had to do a lot of cleaning up on them, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of them have a mold. And kept into the plastic ones. It's not that good, and you only get five of each type per pack. So unless you're willing to convert, you know, combi plaz, combi flame, or whatever you want, then it takes a bit of extra work. So go and check out the Shapeways combi weapons on there for everyone with a list from Ryan, because I'm sure you've got machine killer vets in that list. <laughs> I like them. Multi bombing. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so powerful things are on the ways, guys. Keep your eyes on Shapeways. Keep your eyes to the north. And uh, just, you know, powerful stuff's coming. Great stuff's coming. And then if you have, like I said, guys, it's, uh, if you have ideas. Huh? <laughs> Do what? It's a great way to send cheap. Yeah, it is. It sure <laughs> is. <laughs> so anyway, uh. so that's the shout out that I had. That's the shout out that I wanted to, to announce to the world. Uh Next up is voicemails. Are y'all ready for voicemails? Like, do y'all enjoy our voicemails? Hell yeah! Like, oh, this is exciting. <laughs> so, you get to hear the voicemails live. So, once again, guys, if you want to send in a voicemail to us, we are two hundred nine RFI thirty K zero. You can send it a voicemail. We'll play it live on air. No matter what you say, we will play it online. And then. uh also, if you are international, you don't want to call in, get send, spend all your minutes or get charged for international calling, you can always just send me an MP3 or MP4, however you want to do it, of your voicemail and, and email to michael at warhammer30k.com, and I will find your voicemail, and I will play it. So, simple enough. So, first things first, I really have been wanting to get to this voicemail, so let me go ahead and... Just tell y'all, this is what it says. The title says, read before playing the story. So it says, first <laughs> off, I don't want my actual name read off for this story. <laughs> That's So you know it's going to be good. Right. Whatever happens on this, you know this is going to be solid. It says, we can talk as much as we want. You know, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to go into it. Like, I, like, There's too many clues inside this body. So this is a story, and... At the end says, finally, thanks for everything you guys do for the hobby. No more clues, anything like that. He's just, uh, we've got a little story. And the title of this MP3 is Muskrat. So, y'all buckled in, boys? You got your... All right, I'm ready. Hopefully it doesn't make me fart. <laughs> oh, I hope it does. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's the science nerd wildlife turd here. 
Um, I've got a quick story I wanted to share. Um, I'm doing it on my commute though, so hopefully the background noise isn't too annoying as I cuss out people who don't know how to drive. Anyways, so uh, sorry I don't have any industrial accident stories. I've never worked in a manufacturing facility, but I can tell you about some wildlife interactions I've had. So several years ago, I was working a job up in the uh, Northern Hemisphere of the US and a large portion of that job was to track the animals that we had collared. So the big thing you do in wildlife research is to throw collars on um, animals and then they send out a signal that you can pick up using um, a frequency and then you can get a location on that using triangulation. <clears throat> so nowadays though, a lot of that's turned to GPS collars, but like I said, this is years ago, we still use the radio waves and it, uh, we had to track them every day and every night. So we get two locations on them. So the night shift, you saw some cool stuff, lots of bears, lots of wolves, coyotes, that sort of thing. You know, some of the other stuff that you don't normally see in there either. Uh, a lot of skunks and that sort of stuff. Everything's moving at night. It's also very boring. Uh, you're sitting in a truck by yourself. I don't think any of our work trucks had AC. It was during the summer, um, but at least it's at night. But you're doing this for about 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day. You're just sitting in a truck, listening to beeps. Uh, I can tell you firsthand that usually when I went to sleep after that, I was listening to static in my ears, even though there was no static playing outside. <laughs> but that's not what the story's about. The story's about um, a couple buddies of mine were on one of these shifts. Um, one decided to go out with the other because he was feeling like he wanted to. I don't know why. Anyways, so there's these two guys in a truck. Oh, I know one. Um, and we had what's called a FLIR, so forward-looking infrared in the truck as well. We normally use this to find fawns in like a wheat or a hay field or something like that. Uh, so essentially it picks up, it almost looks like a thermal image. It, uh, they show up really white. So they're driving, they're bored, and they see um, this critter scurry into a roadside ditch. So they want to stretch their legs, probably two or three in the morning. Um, they decide to get out, pull the FLIR unit out, and the one guy who, it wasn't actually his shift, uh, was guiding the other one in pitch black um, to try and catch this, uh, what ended up being a muskrat, um, which for those of you who don't know, it's like a very small beaver, kind of groundhog size, a little smaller even, uh, with big buck teeth. So he's trying to hand catch it in a roadside ditch, pitch black, just by the guidance of the other buddy. So eventually he catches it, great. But as he does so, the thing bites down on his front index finger on his hand, so his pointer finger. Um, and so for most predator species, when an animal bites you, their teeth are designed to just keep whatever they catch in their mouth. So you try and pull out it just says no usually for like a wolf or crocodile or anything like that. And your hand's stuck there unless it, wants it, well, unless it lets up on its grip. Well, a muskrat with big buck teeth that just stabbed into you, it's pretty much like a dagger. So he goes, yanks his hand away because that's your reaction when you get stabbed. And as he does so, thing slices down his pointer finger. So blood's gushing everywhere. Um, this crazy individual with a finger split in half hadn't found all of the animals he had to find that night, takes off his boot, gets his tube sock out, wraps it up, wraps it up with duct tape, finishes his 
session of finding these animals, finds them all, and then goes ahead and texts his boss like, hey, I gotta run to the ER, and goes to the ER the next morning um, after finishing up his work shift. Um, so I can't remember how many stitches, but God knows how many stitches it took to uh, put his finger back together. I caught up with him about six months later. We were working a winter job together. And I was like, hey, dude, how's that finger going? He's like, oh, it's great. It's all in one piece now. And he showed me. And it looks ugly as shit. Like, I feel terrible for his wife. Um, it looks like a sausage that got <laughs> stepped on and then cooked. Just disgusting. Uh, he's like, it's great. I can kind of bend my finger a little bit now. And he tried to bend it. And I think he moved it maybe a quarter of an inch and pretty much made it wiggle. And that's about all I could do with it. So um, if you're going to catch anything with buck teeth and it bites you, don't yank your hand away is pretty much the moral story. Yeah. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> so, so, so you just Frick. leave the finger. Like, just, just like... Just wait it out until the muskrats finish biting. Like, <laughs> I don't think you really have a choice. Like your instinct is just to pull your hand away. Like the start punching a muskrat in the face until let's go. I hope that somewhere out there, some listener to this podcast gets bit by a muskrat in the near future <laughs> and uses the knowledge that they received from our podcast. To not get their finger like sliced into. I sincerely hope that happens. Somebody go play with a muskrat right now after listening to this podcast. Go play with a muskrat. <laughs> go find go Just find let it a muskrat. Finger. <laughs> Just let it get your finger. We need to we need to let that happen. So damn. So how how big is a muskrat? Uh it's a small, small cat. Small cat. Yeah. About the size of a rat. Yeah. <laughs> a big big rat, small cat. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nasty. All right. Well, here's on to our next voicemail. Hey, guys. Tim from North Carolina. Um, I was listening to the 78.5, and you don't know the issues of, oh, you got a Terminator. Oh, damn it, please, Rhino. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like the second week in a row he's brought a Gattles Rhino into this game. And I swear to God, it was two, three episodes beforehand. He's like, you will never see me put the Gattles Rhino in any of my lists. If I am doing that, and something, 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 something else. I kind of tune out after that because it's kind of funny and I'm just laughing really hard. Um, so what's going on here? Did uh, four-year-old sell enough lightnings and they're trying to sell Gattles uh, Rhino kids? Is that what's going on here? Because I feel like that's what's going on. I feel like I have to subconsciously buy two of these damn things now because I've heard it two weeks in a row. You're killing me, Small. You're killing me. <laughs> Fuck, he's on to us. <laughs> yeah. Ryan invested in Damocles rhinos. <laughs> like he started buying stocks in Damocles. And so. Uh... <laughs> Dude, they're so great. Time for another Rada video oh, episode. <laughs> Well, a lot of times they're in lists because people, I don't know, like I, when, when I get lists, it's not always like just write the list I want to write. I get a list of these are models I have, or these are models I want to use for sure. And I just have to work them in. So it's not always a hundred percent my choice. And sometimes it just so happens that multiple lists in a row will have something, you know, like that. 
Um, now, for example, like that particular army, because you have, we were trying to take advantage of all the deep striking turn one, and like most of your army starting off the board, and you're trying to get all the stuff deep striking turn one. Obviously, the Damocles is a big asset to do that because it's plus one, and also it has the no twin linked. Yeah, well that's fine file. Right, so it's like it did like the triple threat. So you're getting all three benefits from that Damocles turn one. So it's just like a perfect fit for that particular list. So it's kind of a special circumstance. It's bad at all. Like it's a pretty good Rhino. I don't remember saying anything like "Don't ever take a Damocles." Um, I don't remember saying that. Maybe I did. I don't know. I say shit every once in a while. That's all right. All right, here's the next voicemail. Ryan Kimmel. <sighs> this is Mortarian the Reaper. <sighs> I am contacting you on this channel. To inform you that at Ascendancy to Ruin, <laughs> I will be taking the field under the banner of 14th Legion Commander Garrett Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> Other 14th Legion commanders may employ one of my lieutenants. <laughs> Someone forgot their ventilator. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> I never know if Portarian was so polite. Luke's going to ask for a list. See, that no, is what, probably... What it is... is the... <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we have to sign up on Facebook, sir, whenever I put the post up. So that was somebody trying to circumvent the system and uh, trying to uh, game the system by calling in. But it doesn't and, look and that probably, way. I mean, hands down, like, good job, like, for trying. I get it. I get it. I would try and do that the exact same thing. That was hilarious. That was funny. I'm proud of you. Garrett, good job. <laughs> like you got Matarian to call in for you. That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, I can call use Primark one. Sick for you. Well, so what the deal is is for this event, uh, there's only gonna be one instance of each special character. So what I'm gonna do is next Friday, which is uh December 1st. So on December 1st at uh, I guess it'd be 8 8 p.m. Central Time, which is 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Basically, the exact same time that the cart launched for Adepticon, whatever time that was. I think it was 8 Central Time. 8 Central. Yeah. The 1st, I'm going to put a post up on the Adepticon Facebook page. Just open it up, and then we'll just go in timestamp order. People can claim what special characters they want. So you have to wait till then to do it. 
If any other Death Guard players take Montarian, though, they're dicks. <laughs> yeah, for Not real, guys. For real. <laughs> <laughs> send it via voicemail. <laughs> or send Ryan to his address, like some pastries or cakes or cookies. You My know, wife's a like baker. That. Send him send jelly beans snacks, and <laughs> silly <laughs> snacks. Swedish licorice snacks. Oh. You can buy them out. Oh, that salt liquor shit was so bad. <laughs> I'm Mortarion the oh, Reaper. Shit. Fantastic. He sound like he forgot his asthma inhaler at home. Like. <laughs> He's busy breathing poison, bro. So <laughs> straight from Barbarous. Tasty, tasty poison. Okay. So next thing here on the list. We have first time emailer industrial accent story. So that's all. That's all we got for the voicemails. Uh, there's no more voicemails. When do you want my to... story? Because I didn't get to finish telling you my story before we started. Oh, so nobody, app, nobody knows what you're talking about. So get ready to. Are you boys ready? Are you boys ready to get this laid on you? What story Ryan's going to tell us? I will give you $100 if you can guess what this story is going to be about. No, I will give you $200 if you can guess what the story is about. <laughs> Go ahead. Try. I know someone shitting in their pants. Wrong. That's a good guess Go knowing this podcast, but that is not true. <laughs> what is this dropping bombs like Hiroshima over here? <laughs> Your turn, Teo. What do you think the story is about? Nope. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. So Cox wants oh, sex doll. Nope. Ryan's going to tell us a story of how he lost the tip of his nipple. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm missing part of my nipple. I'm missing like the tip. Like I still have an areola, but I'm missing the tip of my left nipple. Was it a muskrat? My wife cooked. It was not <laughs> a muskrat. A muskrat. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know how this never got told on this podcast before, or it's never come up um, about my deformed nipple. It, something came up in the podcaster chat, and I was like, "Oh, that reminds me of when I cut off my nipple or whatever." <laughs> and they were like, "What the fuck? How'd you do that?" So I was, I was explaining to him in the podcast chat. It's actually a fairly boring story. I was back before I had this beard, and I was shaven. Whoa. You know, now that after I tell the story, probably subliminally that I don't want to shave anymore because of this traumatic accident when I was <laughs> shaving that I just decided to grow a beard and not shave anymore. But anyway, I shaving, I had my, you know, mock fucking five turbo, whatever the thing, you know, they put like 9,000 blades on those things anymore. Um, and I'm shaving and of course your face is wet and it slips out of my hand with this razor drop <laughs> and your instinct is to try to catch it. So when I tried to catch it, I did the thing like where you just pin it, you know, like you, you try to pin it against your body. Like I was shaving like this and went to go pin it. When I pinned it against my chest, it slid down. It just sliced the sliced the end of my nipple off. Just like a cheese grater. <laughs> cut my nipple off. How much did that hurt? Oh, it hurt. It hurt really bad. Have you ever got chap nipples in the wintertime? I know Karen doesn't cause it's too warm where he's at, but you get real is it like running nipples. Yeah. yeah, you get them if you're running, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that. Oh, yeah. We get them here just because it's fucking cold and the air gets dry. Michael probably doesn't oh, deal with this either being in Texas. But you like you literally have to take like lo you know like lotion and rub them on your rub it on your nipples when you live in the uh, northern hemisphere <laughs> um, to keep keep them sons of bitches from drying out. That's but anyway, the it's like excuse that we use. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, but yeah, that feels like that like chap nipple like when it hurts really bad. But it was like that for like super intense, like real sharp, super intense pain for probably at least two weeks and you you know your shirt you know rubs on it or whatever it was bad i didn't go to the doctor or anything i was just like i mean i didn't know what to do it wasn't like i could stitch it back on it was like just a fucking nipple it looked like it was laying it was laying on the fucking sink it was like uh, if you it was like if you took scissors it's like if you took scissors and cut the end off of a pencil eraser like what that would look like it's like laying. i was like that's pretty fucking gross like, my nipples on, on one of your nipples What'd you say? No, you just have a pepperoni as a nipple. <laughs> yeah, basically. My wife, like I said, my wife calls it my donut nipple because, like, when it healed, it like puckered up, so it's got like a little hole where my nipple would be, just a concave nipple. It's, like a, it's a hemorrhoid pillow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the funniest part of this story is today I'm telling this story, and then of course to prove the point, I was going to of my uh, nipple to you know be like here here's the real thing so I'm there at work when I'm telling him the story so I kind of walk around the corner so I'm not just running around with fucking no clothes on at work and somebody walk in and be like why is this fucking weirdo taking pictures of his nipple <laughs> that's not <laughs> not the problems I need Sounds so like anyway account. <laughs> I took a fucking picture of it and then started editing it to, to send it and I was like it grossed me out. Just like looking at it grossed me out. I'm like, I cannot send a fucking picture of this hairy ass fucking nipple to anyone. So I just told him I was like, I was going to send you guys a picture, but it kind of made me myself uncomfortable and it's my nipple. So I'm not going to put that on you guys. So I didn't send it. I just deleted the picture. But my wife uh, thought it was pretty goddamn funny. She was laughing <laughs> about me taking pictures of my nipple at work and how much of a fucking idiot I am. So. This thing chopped your nip yeah. down to the root, like this, like, like whole nipples gone. Well, just like, the tip, like I still have my areola, like it's just you know, like I said, it's like the size of a pencil eraser, you know, your nipple, just a little, just the fucking end. No, no, no. So I'm out. just saying, like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so like you have, like, like when I think uh, of nipple, so. like <laughs> if if I were to consider a nipple, when, no areola. Like if if the nipple like if you had no areola, would you have a nipple anymore? Or yeah, no? but I still have is an it areola. Just, it's just like the little bump part in the middle, the actual like nipple. The, which nipple. is, which is very, which, which is a very critical part. Like I think that's ninety percent of the. Well, word there's nipple. still like a little bit. Of, it's like there's probably a little bit there. It's like a tree stump. It's like just been deforested, but the tree stump still. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to know what percentage of nipple you had. Left. Looks like that guy's finger. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like get a micrometer out and measure what was fucking laying on the sink that used to be attached to my chest. Dude, exact I'm science. so glad you told this story because there's no way that I could ever shave shirtless again, ever, 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 ever. ever. Like, there's no way. I didn't even like. You're not doing it. You're not doing it again. 
Yeah, dude. Like even like, I don't know how you were shaving. It sounds like you were like playing the riff from like Dragon Force, like on your face, <laughs> like. But, I don't <laughs> and then just like that sucker just flew off. But man, that is wild. I was just shaving like this from this side. I was just you know coming down, and it slipped out of my hand. And I went to catch it. You know, you're like your reaction is just to immediately go catch it. So I drop it, and it like kind of hits my chest and it's falling. And I caught it on my chest, but I, you know, I'm pushing against it, and it just slid down and fucking took my nipple off. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it happened fast. I guess that's why they make electric shavers. That's, yeah, I mean, there's a whole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't tell you this in high school when they're teaching you how to shave. Like they don't tell you. Like they don't. They don't want you to shave in high school. (laughs) (laughs) You never had to shave in high school. They didn't make you like. like, No, 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 no. hang on, hang on. Was this like a official thing, or was there just like some like shop teacher that paid a little bit of extra attention to old Michael there? (laughs) That was like a really loving (laughs) teacher or something. Hey, uh, I'm here, and I'll show you how to shave, Michael. Uh, you know, one-on-one lessons here. And he <laughs> on your back and we, we're going to shave every part of your body today, Michael. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you nice and clean, clean for our project. <laughs> no, man, they would make oh, a shave like photography if class. we, uh, <laughs> for a special, you're the shop teacher. I also teach photography. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got picked for special projects. I'll do all your homework for you. Don't worry. So anyway. No, we had to shave in front of a microwave, like using the microwave as our mirror if we would come to school with like not cleanly shaven. It was pretty horrible. And they'd give you that single blade bick and they'd make you like that you use use water and the bick and you'd have to like gel shave in front of everybody. It's pretty oh, wild. Yeah. Never lost my nipple though. What kind of weird military school did you go to? <laughs> it's Texas. Yeah, that's fucking weird. Is that a Catholic school? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Michael just fucking creeped me out. <laughs> that was it, dude. We they like they, the nipple, nipple story. I feel like I, I feel like, like my children. More... I like my children really smooth. We're gonna make sure they all know how to shave. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was, it was wild. Single single blade, and they didn't give us a mirror. They'd make us shave and to a microwave, like a microwave window. It was wild. I feel Weird. like I'm not the only person that had that kind of kind of life. I'm pretty I, sure I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree with that. 100%. That's some prison shit. Yeah, that's weird. Prison <laughs> shit. Well, all right. On that uh, note, so I need to go to sleep because <laughs> I have to go to work in the morning. <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll catch you later, Terry. I'm I'm soft. I know. Yeah, we all know. <laughs> we all jelly. Know. We love you. We love you though. <laughs> I, I love being on here. And those Empress children. <laughs> I need to buy them first. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us your podcast one more time. The boys of the golden throne. The boys of the golden go. throne running L- LVO. Are you going to be there, bud? I'm hoping. Here's to hope. Open? What what will get you there? Uh, right now, what will get you there? I don't know. You need me to shave like, you? <laughs> if, if you promise <laughs> to shave me while I'm there, <laughs> you got yourself a you got yourself a contestant. 
<laughs> Don't worry about it. Just give us a minute. I need to shave him before he starts the game. <laughs> it's a promise. I'll never welch on my promises. But thanks for having me on, guys. Right. Um, I'm sad I get to miss out on the lists, but uh, I enjoyed the hobby talk that turned into Emperor's Children 2.0 and the Nubbin story. <laughs> and the Nubbin story. Hell yes. The donut nipples. <laughs> Dude, you should get your wife to bake donut nipples. Like donut little nipples. <laughs> it's like little pink donuts. If you've listened to the show, you would know that she has sworn off making cakes of body parts because of creepers that call her on the phone that want her to describe those. Well, you, you'd you be asking. It wouldn't be as creepy. Oh, it'd be even creepier. She's... Give them out at Adepticon. Yeah. Ryan's nipple. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. Hot nipples. Hot nipples here. Get your hot nipple. Get some sleep, Teo. You're freaking us out right now. (laughs) You're talking madness. See you guys. Later. Later. Okay. (laughs) So next up, we got got another... Letters. Yeah, we're on on to letters right now. Emails right now. So this next email that we have here comes from Smith. He says, Green Citations... First off, thanks for all you guys do. I do a lot of driving in horrific DC Beltway traffic, and your podcast keeps my butcher's nails at bay. Our whole gaming group listens to it, and we love to talk about it after an episode drops, so thank you. I was hoping for some advice on a build for my Thousand Sons. And, uh, every time I run Guard of the Crimson King with a bunch of Sekhmets with Feel No Pain, I feel like I just took a crap in a porta potty and there was no hand sanitizer or toilet paper. So I'd love some thoughts on <laughs> other options. For a standard 2,500 or 3,000 point force, Rutwater Roar, would you recommend? What units would be fun to play with? Taking advantage of the Legion-specific Colts. Thanks for you guys helping keep off the cheese of our 30K pizza. And now this. And he sent a picture of a rainbow that is ending at a port of potty and it says Pot of Gold Fail. So, hilarious. <laughs> so what do you think, yeah. Ryan? Um, so here's the cool thing, like Thousand Sons, because you basically get to custom we've talked about this before, how they almost have a diet version of mutable tactics as far as what each individual thing's power level is. But the fact that you get to custom choose it for each unit in a lot of ways makes it better. So you can pretty much play these guys with almost any generic right of war and then you know, customize their little Legion things to, you know, benefit you from that. So, I mean, like, you could run the all jet bike ride of war and do a lot of divination and do, like, the divination librarians that we always talk about with bikes. Good. You could also do, for, like, outrider bikes and assault marines. You could do the, uh, py- the pyromancy one where they double up on their Hammer of Wrath hits. So you could do, like, a... um like a Vanguard. You could do a Vanguard assault list with that. Um, I mean, really, like I said, you could do Pride of the Legion because you can buy all your vets and Terminators, uh, you know, level one psychic mastery. And then however you decide to, you know, run them, you know, you can just pick 
whatever you feel is the best thing for, you know, what you're trying to do or best thing for your, you definitely don't have to use this court of the Crimson King thing. I mean, they work well with almost any right of war that works for any other Legion. They have extreme, like, I, I feel like their Legion tactic um, where they, because they get to pick all those different abilities um, is probably one of the more powerful ones, if not the most powerful one of any Legion, just because it's so customizable to like, there's really no drawback. It's like, Oh, this Legion is like, it's good at this and it has these abilities. Well, I'll just take, you know, this thing that gives them this. Yeah. You can pretty much specialize all your units and tailor them to do a specific job within, within the Legion. It's like, uh, you know, like like Alpha Legion has mutable tactics, but it kind of goes like single. You choose one thing army wide, but with Thousand Sons, you can give them you know their own little right. Cult so like if you have coils of the Hydra and you have three tactical squads, but you want to give these you know the whole army tank hunter or whatever, you're gonna have these bolter guys that don't really benefit from that very much. Right. Or Thousand and Sons. they have to be in, have to be in transports as well if it's Coil of the Hydra. Otherwise, you know you have to take infiltrate. Right, but I was just using yeah. that like. Just as an example, like it doesn't even really matter what right of war. It's just if you have like, yeah. I have a heavy support squad and I have a bolter squad. Like infiltrate is going to work better yeah. for the bolter squad. I don't really care about infiltrating the heavy support guys that much, but obviously tank hunter will work here. So it's yeah. like you have to pick a mutable tactic that most of your army won't benefit from one way or the other, um, unless you really specialize the build to be exactly for one mutable tactic. Or thousand suns, you can pretty much take whatever mix of units you want and then just go through and choose the cult that fits whatever you picked. It's like, oh, I got breachers. Well, I'll pick kind shields. You know, oh, I got assault marines or outrider bikes. I'll pick, you know, pyromancy where I get the extra hammer of wrath. Oh, I have, you know, jet bikes or heavy support marines. Well, I'll take the divination one. You know, I have, um, you know, something that relies on movement you know, to try to get objectives like tactical Marines or uh, recon guys. I'll take the biomancy where I get the bonus to the run. Um, you know, it's, it, it'll work with all that. And then the fact that their generic vets and terminators can buy hands at even more. Um, it's pretty damn good. Pretty so good. It sounds like there's a lot of different, like really you could go any, any full, like you could pick any right of war and, not run a shitload of Sekhmet and be fine. Yeah, it's good, definitely going to tone it down. It's the it's the Sekhmet and then that the Crimson King makes those guys scoring. So the one drawback to Sekhmet if you just take them in a normal army is they don't score. You know, they're better than... It. I think they're the best like just raw power as far as like an, a unit of like troop type guys or whatever. For their points, they're probably the best unit in the game. You know, they have force weapon squad wide so they can do instant death to basically anything. They have a two up, three up save. They don't give up their shooting. They, you know, they get five point combi weapons for the fucking squad. And they're just really not that expensive per points or two wound guys. They have stubborn. Really the only thing they don't have is scoring. And if you take that particular right of war, you know, they, they make some troops. So, yep. So yeah, sounds like there's a number of ways you can just just if you go and pick any other right of war that you think even sounds interesting, you can make it work for you. For sure. 
really, I mean, like, as long as it's Legion of Stardust Thousand Sons, like, so, like, um, you could do, like, a uh, armored breakthrough list. There's nothing stopping you from doing that, but you got to remember you're, that you're going to be taking a lot of tanks, which don't have Legion of Stardust. Uh, the one yep. where you had a bunch of dreadnoughts, you don't have Legion of Stardust. So you'd, you'd want to go more with the Rite of War that, you know, benefits your actual um, Legion of Stardust rules. Like we said, like Drop Assault Vanguard or the Jet Bike Rite of War. I forget what that's called. Sky Hunter or Phalanx, I think. Um, you, you could even do... A cool one might be the Recon Company one because that gives anything rates like Shrouded... Like they have that one, uh, that one special unit that I don't see a lot of people take the sniper guys that have like the psychic powers or whatever. Mm. Um, that might be cool. Took Amon leading that list as well. That'd be awesome. Perfect for the uh, the fluff. Yeah. So I mean, th there's some definitely you know some you know different things you can do there. I really like that robot model they have. Like their version of the Castellax, I think is probably one of the cooler Castellax models. Definitely. Um. So, and we've talked about that many times on the show, you know, joining that up with the, the jet bikes where it's running out in front, you have your librarian back casting through it. Um, so, I mean, you could, you could do a couple squads of those guys with like guys, you know, backing them up behind it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can do. For real. And that's the Castle Axe Archaea, whatever, Battle Automata. Yeah. That, yeah, just, that thing. Just stay mobile so you can have a Cortex controller is always in range. And I would love to see a lot more of those run. Those are fun. Those well, it's good. not a Cortex controller. Remember, those guys run off a librarian and it's 24 yeah, inch range. Yeah. It's yes. not even a librarian, it's just a psyker. You just have to have a psyker within 24 inches. So. Mm -mm -mm. And if he's got all these segment models, he's got to remember there's nothing really stopping him as long as it's. Running one squad is one thing and one is the other, but they look identical. Like he could use these Sekmec models just as normal cataphracty. The kind shields that are going to be two up, three up cataphracty, even though they're only going to get rid of the force weapons, not make them, you know, they might be a level one psyker. You could do that, but they wouldn't be level two picking their powers. They wouldn't all have fucking force weapons and they wouldn't be two wounds. Um, you know, it, w it would be way more toned down. And you don't always have to pick Biomancy, by the way. It's pretty fucking crazy, especially <laughs> on Brotherhood of Psychers. So maybe just avoid that. Um, or just put it on characters. It's even pretty... I mean, even just on a fucking Praetor, it's pretty goddamn scary. Dig it. So It's all fair advice, man. It's all fair advice. Yep. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. So this comes from G-Man. He says, Hello, RFI. My name is George. I'm from upstate New Jersey, where Taylor is named correctly. Unlike the heathens from the south, if you guys know Chris or Craig, I'm from their gaming group. Like he gave last names, but I don't want to read off last names. Uh, I just started getting back into Horse okay. Heresy about two weeks ago and started listening to RFI about then on episode 38, and I'm now up to episode 48. Uh, just after Ben Porter's Geneva Adventure story. Oh, by the way, I think episode 42 is the puppy story, so that means he made it in on the puppy story. Uh, and I've listened <laughs> to the most recent two episodes, so I don't know Scott or Derek yet, 
but from the episodes I've listened to, I'm quite excited to get to them when I first hear you guys on the mic. So, yeah, dude. You know Scott. He's not going to get was to episode him on this episode. What'd you say, Kieran? <laughs> so we won't get to hear him on this episode either. <laughs> <laughs> he says, a small story about the probably the worst morning I've had while getting ready to run a Warhammer tournament. So I run Warhammer tournaments for a store called the Bearded Dragon, and the night before these tournaments, I drive up the half an hour to the store to set everything up. Well, this particular Saturday, a group was playing D&D in the space we needed to set the tables in. So I'm stuck at the store until about 1 in the morning, finally getting the tables in their place and terrain set up, and I leave. I'm on the main highway back down to my apartment. I get off the highway, and what happens? The person in front of me going probably about 50 miles per hour hits a deer. Well, now this deer is stuck in his bumper, and his engine is completely fucked up. I end up sitting there in the freezing cold, blasting my head, waiting for about two hours for police and a tow truck to come and get this car. I finally get home and pass out, sadly unable to finish painting the last two models I wanted to use just in case no one had a partner for the doubles tournament. Next morning on my way to the store, I'm getting on the highway and it happens again. This SUV completely totals itself. Deer bits go everywhere on the ramp onto the same highway. I, of course, end up over an hour late to registration and barely get there in time to start the tournament. That fucking sucks, dude. Fuck deer, man. Like, New Jersey, get your deer population together. Well, they won't shoot them. You can't hunt. You can't hunt there, and they're just so overpopulated. Joe Rogan talks about that shit all the time on his podcast. Exactly. You know what happens when the deer population gets too crazy here in Victoria, my town? It becomes fucking open season on deer. No tags, no nothing. They put bounties on deer, and we just... We all have deer meat for a few weeks. That's what happens. Yeah. New Jersey, we got it. Well, we got it solved. They, they they do get out of hand. Like we had a problem with that here in Indiana. They got they were so thick in a certain area that it was actually hurting their own population because they were eating so much that all the like basically all of them were undernourished, and the deer were only growing about the size of like large German shepherds. They weren't even like really deer. They looked like a weird. Like one of those like African roe deer, even though they were a North American whitetail, because they just couldn't get big because there wasn't enough food. Because there was just they were in a state park area where you couldn't hunt, and they opened it up to hunting, and it took a couple you know hunting seasons going through, and now I guess the population's back, you know, to normal or whatever. Natural natural predators like wolves and shit have been wiped out long ago. You know, there's not a, a lot of where... like. <laughs> We had a problem where deer were getting into people's yard, and so they said, if you see a deer in the county, you can shoot it. <laughs> and we don't got that problem anymore. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> or if you're in Texas, you can attack it with your sword. Yeah, we can get it. You can get yeah. it. However you, yeah. However you want to do it, you take care of it. Yeah, hunting with turn, a claymore. Turn a blind eye. <laughs> Sticky grenades, C4. However you figure it out, just get them, get them out of people's yards. That's all they care about. Cluster bomb so. the motherfuckers. <laughs> At least no, we didn't decide. They're cool to... though. I have them in my, I have them in my yard all the time. Like there's like, every I see them literally every night in my yard. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we didn't decide to release wolves on them or anything. We just you know. 
<laughs> we just, you know, release Texans on him. Release yeah. Texans on him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so let's see what else we got. This abomination cost me $50. This fucker cost me about $50. It was an early, this comes from Evan, and this is something that we saw in the Patreon chat, but I will post up this picture on the Facebook page. So this fucker cost me about $50. It was early on in my 30K career, and I was trying to make a siege tyrant. Obviously, my judgment on scaling was shitty, and I thought that since there was a lack of Cyclone missile launchers, I could instead use the Imperial Knight missile rack instead, since there are literally zero bits online for the Cyclone missile launcher or anything like it. So I clipped the Imperial Knight (laughs) rack off, trimmed it down, and said, nah, that looks dumb as shit, and removed it. (laughs) So so obviously, if you... If you're familiar... I fucking think it's a rhino. Dude, have y'all not seen this? Like, have y'all I not seen it. this picture? Like, the missile pack is bigger than the guy. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so yes. So, I will post this link on the Facebook page, but this thing's a monstrosity. Like, <laughs> it's, the missile pack is as big as the man itself in Cataphractic Armor. Yeah. So, it clearly didn't work. Not Evan's fault. He misjudged the size, and that's okay. So, he bought a knight to whatever. Fast forward last week, almost a year later, I posted my nights on eBay and forgot to include that five pieces of this rack were missing from a single sprue. I offered the damage bit I have, but once I did, the buyer was a dickwad and wanted to send back the whole fucking lot. The shipping alone cost me $35 and 35 back would leave me simply down $70 and we're for nothing to show for it. And I'd have to pay for shipping out again if I relisted it. I offered to replace the bits with undamaged and unassembled bits from bits, but he wouldn't simply take those. He also wanted $20 for his troubles. That dude can eat a dick. I was aghast. (laughs) I'd offered to replace it. Dude, for real. Like, fuck you, dude. I was aghast. I had offered to replace it and with completely new parts, but he also wanted an additional $20. I called into eBay seller support, and after a long 20 minutes of talking, they simply said, you fucked. <laughs> it was up to my good friend who plays a lot of knights to help me out, but unfortunately, while he has a lot of Forge World knights, they did not come with the carapace-mounted weapons. Yeah, and- I offered to refund $30, but he wouldn't take that. He wanted 50 since he'd have to go through the trouble of ordering more bits. So since eBay throws sellers under the bus, I had to comply or risk losing even more money. And that's how I came to never again sell on eBay. <laughs> so, man, dude. So this story's hilarious because there's a comically humongous missile launcher rack on this poor cataphragm. <laughs> like... Some straight up Iron Warrior shit. I was like, this is your new missile rack. Like, what? <laughs> I said this is your new Still missile rack. Fires but, Perturabo. Two <laughs> but Perturabo, I can't carry that. I could carry it. You could carry it. <laughs> oh. So anyway. Well, the, the, the fucking thrust from the missile like coming out of the tube would just like fry the guy. Like it would just like come out and it's like the the exhaust coming out, he just like burned to a crisp, fall into a pile of ash as the missile flew away. So like the, the iron fire fucking variant of uh, Sage Tyrants. 
<laughs> and they and I'm so sure oh, that they would not <laughs> they would not like learn. They just keep putting guys in that suit of cataphractic armor and every time he fired they just fry another dude. But Corpse Grinders again, dude, shit. On to the eBay side of things, that fucking sucks. And if you're the guy who bought those five nights out there and decided to extort our good buddy, uh, go eat a dick. You know, if you could do that, just eat the biggest dick uh, because you're a fucking loser and you're the one who ruins this hobby for people. How dare you? Pretty sure he's not listening to this podcast. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got for that email. Uh, Next email is one I was pretty excited to read off. This says, first time emailer, industrial accidents, sort of. So this comes from Craig. Craig says, hey guys, big fan of your podcast and of the heresy in general. I figured I'd share with you a few industrial accident stories I have for you. I work for in a relatively do, unique... Hey, let's do what? one this week and one next week. Okay, I'm down for that. Of these stories, because he's got two. Okay. Go yeah. I work in a relatively unique industry. The industry I speak of is the hockey industry. More specifically, I work in the maintenance. And by maintenance, I drive the Zamboni. <laughs> Badass. As well as many does other Does he listen to jobs. the song? The I Want to Drive the Zamboni song? Yeah, of course he does. So of these... Does Kieran even know what hockey accident. is? <laughs> I don't know what a Zamboni is. Is that the kind of the thing that smooths the ice? Kind of? Yeah, yeah. Right on track. There's a song that they always play at a hockey game while the guy drives around. I want to drive the Zamboni song. It's like a famous, like if you go to a hockey game, they play it every hockey game. I think we've got one hockey rink in Melbourne. I think that's it. Yeah, I figured. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, stupid YouTube and their ads ruins everything. Michael's trying to find the Zamboni song. Yeah. Poor Craig. <laughs> so that's definitely like, I'm pretty sure poor Craig. Skip, skip to the middle. Song. Yeah, get to the chorus. Aspirational song. Here it is. Here you go. Here it is. (laughs) So good. You know, there's actually like there's a video that goes along with this, and like it's a guy driving the Zamboni. And there's like a passenger seat in the Zamboni, and like yep. in each one of these yes, shots, sure there's children. So I wonder how many times powerful Craig has given people rides on his Zamboni. I don't know. That's something to follow up on. Craig, if you're listening, I know you're one of the Patreon supporters. Just go ahead and pop in the chat whenever you hear this part of the episode and uh, let us know how many people you've given a ride on your Zamboni. So, 
Anyway, he says, I drive the Zamboni as well as many other odd jobs. Some of these workplace accidents have happened to me. Some have happened to customers and players. So I guess I'll send you a few. And so he sent us a couple of them. We're going to read one off this week. It will read one Zamboni next week because we need to get to the last. Yep. So first one says, so I've been Sorry, working I've, in the hockey industry. <laughs> yeah, for real. So I've been working in the hockey industry for about 12 years as of writing you this email. I have seen some interesting accidents and been on the unfortunately, or is it fortunately, and have been on the unfortunately, or is it fortunately? I don't know what that means. I've been <laughs> end of one or two. I've been on the end of one or two myself. However, I will start with a story about someone else, but I'm sending you multiple. So read as many as you want. Wish as as many as you wish, as some may be relatively short. So I'm about 19 at the time and watching a hockey game. It was travel hockey, to be exact, 16U or 16 and under. I don't know what travel hockey is. What's travel hockey, Ryan? It's like, so if you play on like a high school team or like a local team, you you have like a set league and you only play against each other. Like a travel hockey team would be like the better players, um, almost like your all-stars for that little league, would all like would all join one travel team and like travel to different states and play their travel team. Cool, thank it's you. So these are relatively yeah. good. It's like these like select. What is that in, in ba- Yeah, in basketball, I think it's like AAU basketball or something like that. I could be wrong on that. Gotcha. He says, "I'm standing in the corner where the garage for our machines to enter and exit the ice for scheduled cuts. This is taken literally. We do cut the ice, which you'll hear about later. As I'm watching, I notice one of the players has on a cage. One of the players." has on a cage that is a glorious color of white and golden brown. Obviously, the brown is signs of rusting, and there was quite a bit of it. Needless to say, later in the game, the young gentleman is skating towards the glass to get to a loose puck. Unfortunately for him, another young man from the opposing team was coming in on a nice angle to check him and knock him off the puck. Needless to say, he turned at the last moment and went first face into the rink's tempered glass. Luckily, he had a cage to protect his face, I thought. I was so very wrong. The rust I had mentioned was far worse than I had thought originally, and I saw the cage had collapsed into his face, shearing the joints and gouging into his face. Imagine the horror movie character Hellraiser. His face looked similar to that with parts of the cage embedded in his skin, giving him deep cuts and scratches. Two weeks later, he came in after the incident. His face was healing well, though his teammates had now nicked him, nicknamed him Checkers, since in some areas his face looks like he had a checkerboard. So, that fucking sucks. <laughs> so I had no idea yeah. what the fuck you were talking about. I liked it that we, we made it sound cage. so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's your face mask. I've always just called it a, a face mask, but they have the pla- the clear plastic ones, um, and then you have the... Uh, the uh, metal ones. If you if you play junior hockey like this, sixteen under, it's required that you wear a full face mask, either plastic or metal. Um, Probably plastic now. I've so been it boarded collapse before. on your face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I played hockey all through high school, I've been boarded before, and it sucks. Boarding is like if you're away, like if you're you can't be hit in the back, like directly in the back, especially like when you're away from the boards. Because what'll happen is if you get hit in the back from that angle, you'll come off your feet and it like, you know, spikes your 
head or neck area into the board face first and, you know, can really injure you. I had that happen to me a couple times. So even though you have that helmet on with that cage, you know, it's still lo fairly loose on your head. It, your face still hits the inside of that thing. So I could only imagine it like collapsing and sticking in your face. That wouldn't be very fun. Well, that'd be so fucking painful, so. especially taking it off. Because like I don't think it like comes oh, off in two God. pieces like an old Darth Vader mask. I feel like you actually have to like the way it lift works. It up it off is, Kieran can see that, so it's like it, Michael, right? We just can't see you. No, I can see you. Okay, so the cage is hinged up here on your forehead. It's got a hinge, so it just it come it lifts up like this. But you bring it down, and then it's got two cloth snaps that go underneath your chin here, and then snaps back here around the back of your neck to hold it. It'll slightly, oh. you can adjust those uh, straps or cloth to have it tighter where it's tighter against the helmet or where it has a little bit of play in it. But so in order to get it off, they, you know, have to get the, at least a little bit away from his face in order to lift it off his head. Yeah, that's not too bad. I thought, I thought it was going to be like a cricket helmet where the, the grill is kind of like a solid piece attached to the helmet. We'd have to take the whole helmet off. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like somebody no, had to go in there with like a, a sawzall and like trim off all the pieces <laughs> to get it off their face. Jaws of life. Kind of. Yeah. Well, thank you for that story. <laughs> so now brutal. I got a new nightmare to fucking think about. So I liked it how he made it sound so nice. You know, one young man skating towards the wall, angled by another <laughs> young man. <laughs> And face then, demolished. Then it's no face. Yeah, and face now face. he looks like Kier Valen here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, on to some lists. Let's go and look at some lists. This list comes from Finlay. It's titled White Scars Segyar Mazan. He says, hey, guys, love the podcast. Keep me sane on my way back and forth to work teaching crappy teenagers. Yeah, fuck those teenagers. Anyway, no, I mean, don't <laughs> fuck them because you'll know, probably get in trouble. You'll get in anyway. trouble. There's teachers that do that every week. <laughs> and they're hot. They're like there's there's teachers that are hot well, the and they don't even the get like, ones are. They're not like Michael's yeah, like, shop teacher that you know <laughs> shaved him or whatever. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> this story's gonna get real. Anyway, I'm going to an <laughs> event here in the UK next May, and I want to spice up my white scars list. I've been playing them since day one. And once the Chigorian Brotherhood came out, I've been sticking to that. I'd like to get 2,500 point list using the Sagyar Mazan Rite of War just for the sake of variety. Models wise, I've got the usual White Scar stuff 30 jet bikes, 30 Outriders, plus a Lightning Strike Fighter, two Sakarans, Battle Tank, and the Arqua, a Fire Raptor, and he actually spelled it Arqua. God bless you. You're truly a listener, Finlay. <laughs> A fire raptor and four javelins, plus all manner of characters. I'd like to get in some more infantry involved in this list, and I'm pretty open to any other legions getting involved as part of a shattered legion. Apart from that, go nuts, as I can probably get my hands on anything and any other models needed. Cheers, guys. Keep up the great work. Fit. So, what'd you do, Ryan? Okay. The probably well, the least used ride of work in the whole fucking <laughs> the whole heresy. Probably what? Probably the least used ride of war in the whole heresy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't just gonna pick like his whole other like legion that because you have to when you use this ride of war, 
you have to use Shattered Legions. It's and the white scars have to be the primary, but you have to take another, you know, legion to go with them. And I just I wasn't going to pick that for him. So I basically emailed him back and was like, here are the list, like this, these like here are the pros and cons of each one, tabletop wise and fluff wise, and how I feel about them and you know and to narrow it down for you but you have to at least pick one and give me that and then after you pick that i'll write your list picking iron hands which i told him was really fluffy because the two stories we have back library that um are stories basically about this right of war both involve uh iron hands and white scars they have the one with that uh which book is that? The one where the Fire Raptors try to... It's the Graham McNeil book where the Fire Raptors try to assassinate Horus in the... Vengeful Spirit. The little meeting hall. Yeah, is that it? Yeah. And yeah, Henry, yeah. they set that trap for him in like that place and uh, little Horus gets his face chopped off by the White Scar like assassination team or whatever. Oh, no, that's a different one. I think it's a short story, isn't it? Maybe. it's Is that Henry... The the Iron Hands guy's name, Henry yeah. Biacos or whatever... And he's got the white scar mm. dude. Like he's he runs the ship. He's riding on a ship. And then um, they just released a newer short story about the same thing too. I think it's just called the Sagir Mizon or something like that or Death. I don't remember. Kill. I you cool. you guys can find it. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember it's all good. the actual it's name all of good. the stories. But there's 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 two stories out there that particularly pertain to this right of war. And um. They involve those two legions. Um, plus, Iron Hands are just like a strong... Like If you're just looking for a, a strong legion trait that you don't really have to put a whole lot of thought into, that's just like a passive ability that's always going to be good. Like They have that where you shoot at them, all you're shooting against them is it's treated as minus one strength. So you don't really have to like put any strategy or anything into it. It just kind of works all the time. So you don't have to be real picky with your units or whatever, and you just it just kind of works, if that makes sense. So ended up going with so with all that in mind um let's see finn so what this right of war does i got it right here i printed it off so first off just so because a lot of people probably aren't familiar with shattered legions so when you do shattered legions you have to at least take two different legions um in the primary force and the way it works is you have to have it in order to take legion specific units from a certain legion you have to have an HQ from that legion. So, like, this one requires you to take your Warlord as being White Scar. So then I had to take an Iron Hands character as well to unlock Iron Hands units. So I did that. It says you may have to take a Praetor or Centurion, including any console types or suitable HQ from the same legion, um, and each character must be taken from a different legion. And once you do that, you can take whatever... Um, and the weird thing is you can take a Legion-specific right of war, so even though this is a White Scar right of war, the other Legion in your force benefits from it. The advantage of doing Shattered Legions. Or the big uh, thing that it gives you is, is uh, units in a... Uh, let's see. Where's that right? Printed it off. Right here. At the... Uh... All models with the Legion Astarte special rule are fearless for the first turn of any assault. Um, the 
then they also have this thing called Death Seekers game in which victory points are used to determine a winner. Roll a d6 for every unit with the Legion of Stardis rule in this attachment that has been destroyed. Um, and in doing so, yielded victory points to the opponent. On a 4 or 5, no points are awarded, and on a roll of a 6, no victory points are awarded, and the owning side earns an additional victory point. So you may essentially get kill points from your own guys dying, or you, you know, so you have a 50, basically a 50-50 shot of denying them any type of kill point or whatever for killing a unit, and you have a, what, 16.3% chance, whatever it is, that they don't get, that you actually earn the point instead of them. So does that's that, kind of the... Does that have any effect on attrition? Um... I don't know. The individual units don't award victory points, but whoever's, you know, lost the least or destroyed the most gets uh, a point. Right. At, in, in, at the end of any game in which victory points are used to determine the winner, roll a d6 for every enemy unit with this special rule that has been destroyed, yielded victory points to the opponent. I don't know. I would think it's Probably was, not. Yeah, I think it's more like for kill points or the the one mission where you choose a type of unit and if you get bonus points for killing that type of unit, there's like, you know, independent characters, heavy support, mm -hmm. whatever. I forget the name of that. Yeah. And that wouldn't have any effect on Slay the Warlord, would it? Mm. See, that's another one. That's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. It's weird because that unit has given up the victory point by dying, so... Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Kind of odd. But uh, we'll put it on a cake for you guys, and we'll uh, we'll send it to <laughs> Forge World and get a quick response. I think that's the last question you need to put on a cake. <laughs> <laughs> the one player who uses that that right <laughs> for real. It's a super fluffy right though. It's really cool. And the Iron Hands are a great choice with the, uh, you know, considering that, you know, it was the uh, Emperor's children and the Death Guard that were hunting the Scars after what happened in Scars, you know, what happens in Path of Heaven. So I can imagine there are plenty of Iron Hands looking for vengeance on the Emperor's children and, you know, found their way into the right. uh, Shadow Legion lists with a uh, Scar Force. Yeah. Absolutely. That's how it is. And like I said, those stories. Yeah, that's perfect. So. So anyway, the, the big restriction that I had to worry about when writing this was, um, it says, this right of war may only be chosen for a loyalist army. That's obviously easy. You just say it's a loyalist army. Um, then the army may never contain more vehicles. And it doesn't say vehicle units. It's specifically vehicles. So it's each individual vehicle. It's with the infantry type. So you got to be careful when you uh, build the army. So anyway, getting into the army. So for your HQ choices, I took a White Scar Praetor. He's got the Rite of War Sagir Mazan. He's got a Paragon Blade, Melt Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Cyberhawk, and he's on a Space Marine bike. Um, so, you know, pretty standard White Scar Praetor. Um, for the Iron Hands character, I took a Pravian, which I thought was pretty Iron Hands. Um, and he's got Artificer Armor, Power Fist, Volkite Charger, and you put the special targeter that gives you preferred enemy if you hit on the Volkite Charger, um, and a Boarding Shield. And then he took for his unit of uh, Automata, 
um, three Vorax, and the Vorax are upgraded to the biocorrosive ammunition. And then um, you take the thing where they use the Legion of Stardis rule, so that you're going to count uh, any shooting against your Vorax and Pravian as minus one. Effectively tough seven, which is pretty cool against shooting. Wow, um, that's bonkers. That's tough. Yeah. So for for troops, the first troops choice I took was uh, these are White Scar Assault Marines. So it's 14 White Scar Assault Marines. The Sergeant has uh, Artificer Armor and the Power Glaive. Um, two normal Assault Marines have Power Weapons, and the entire unit has Melt-A-Bombs. Um, for the second troops choice, I took a Iron Hands Tactical Squad. It has Artificer Armor and Power Fist, and they are in a Rhino with a panel-mounted multi-melta. So that's your two compulsory troops. For elites, I took an apothecary with a power sword and a jump pack, and he'll go with the assault marines. Um, then I took a five-man Gorgon Terminator squad, which is obviously uh, Iron Hands. Um, two of them have power axes. Two of them have chain fists. One of them has a graviton gun. And the uh, hammer bearer has a thunder hammer because... He's the hammer bearer, and he comes with the thunder hammer. <laughs> and they have a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Um, then for the second Elite's Choice, I took a 10-man veteran uh, tactical squad. They are marksmen. Uh, three of them have combi meltas. Two of them have melta guns. The sergeant has artificer armor and power glaive. And they're in a rhino with a multi-melta. So these guys are white scars, but I told him... You could just swap out the power glaive for whatever else you wanted and make these guys iron hands. So they, this unit could really go either way. It, it's not really going to benefit you one way or the other. It's just however he wants to paint them. You would just have to change the war gear on the sergeant, which obviously has points to do. You can add anything else he wants back on there. Um, for fast attack, um, I took 10 Outrider bikes. Um, full 10-man squad. Three of them have power weapons, um, and the sergeant has a power glaive, so there's essentially four power weapons in the unit. The entire unit has melt-a-bombs, and this is where your Praetor will go. Um, and then for fast attack, I took a jav... Another, for the second fast attack slot, I took a javelin speeder with a multi-melta, and then for the third and final fast attack slot, I took a javelin speeder with a multi-melta. Still list. So if you count here the assault marines, the tactical marines, the gorgons, the veterans, and the pravian all have the um, infantry type. So that's your five infantry type units in here. And then vehicles, you have two javelins, so that's two. Um, a rhino, a land raider, another rhino, so that's five. Does it say more or the same? I can't remember. Hopefully I didn't mess this up. I could change it easy if I did. Never contain more. So they just have to be equal. So they're equal. So you have five things with the infantry type and five vehicles. So you're dead even. So it's legal there. Um, so, yeah. So what do you guys think here? Uh, Fluff-wise, I really like it. Um, pretty, I mean, pretty playable army. Yeah, so I thought about because it's Shattered Legion, so I wanted to make it like I didn't want to put a bunch of heavy gear in it. I just have the one Land Raider, and then it's just got the two Rhinos and the two Javelins for vehicles. I felt like that's, you know, it felt like more Shattered Legions. You don't have like, 
you know, jets and fucking artillery and, you know, whatever else. Um, and I wanted to kind of combine elements of white scars. So that's why I got like the javelins, the outriders and the assault Marines. Like I felt like that was all quick units, you know, to attack. And then for the iron hands, I did more like you got the tactical guys in the rhino and the Pravian with the Vorax and the Land Raider. And like I said, the vets could go either way, but they're more of like your main battle line units that go forward. Terminators, the assault Marines and the tactical guys all score. Um, and then for anti-tank, you have the javelins, which are, you know, good against light and medium armor, especially from outflank. The outriders all have melt bombs. Um, the veterans have the three combi meltas and the two melta guns. The gorgons have the chain fist. The assault marines all have melta bombs, and then obviously the vorax can smash. You're kind of more locked into like more close range assault melta bombs, but that's you know you're going to have a lot of outflank with the javelins. You can outflank or scout with the outriders. The assault marines are fast, so it's all them and try to assault their big scary vehicle and clamp a bunch of melta bombs on it. Um, so it's going to take like a lot of, not a lot, but it's going to have a learning curve to it, a little bit of finesse, but he said that he doesn't play very much infantry. So I wanted to put a lot of infantry and a lot of diversity in this. So he'd have a cool force to do that with. And like I said, I feel like this kind of for shattered Legion pretty well with the, the way the war gear and stuff is with the, with the shattered Legion, when the warlord dies, um, is it that the, uh, the, kind of like the second legion's scoring troops are no longer scoring. Is that right? Or yeah, they become distrusted allies. Okay. So that well, so you probably want to make the veterans white scars then, so that if you the warlord did too. die, you would have that extra unit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good call on that, Kieran. Good call. Because I I have yeah, because you'd have the terminators and veterans one of each, and then you would have the assault marines and tactical guys one of each. And like I said, the way the list is set up now, that's how it is. I put the the power glaive on the veteran sergeant um technically go either way with it if you find that this isn't enough scoring either i mean you could drop the javelins or the outriders i i threw the outriders in i like them i've always had good luck with outriders but he he owns the outriders the stuff he owns so he wasn't you know basically just starting all from scratch um Mm -hmm. he has a lightning strike fighter and some sakarans and a fire raptor and all that but like i said i was trying to keep it like I felt like more you could maybe throw one of those things in um, which I, I used some of the javelins because I felt like they were light and kind of fit with what I was you know doing if you wanted to take this up to 3,000 points you could maybe you know throw the fire raptor and an arcus in there whatever the, the javelins are such great value anyway for 65 points with a multi-melter yeah yeah they're really good if you want to put those other vehicles in there though like we talked about you're right on the you're, you're already even, so you would have to probably shrink the Outrider squad, and then with those points, take another infantry unit, and then add in a tank, or whatever, a vehicle. Or just a so. straight swap for so. the speeders. Or, oh, it's not enough points anyway, you'd have to drop yeah. some bikes anyway. Right, right. You just have to be careful of the, because it's actually individual vehicles, not squadrons, and it's only infantry units, so you got, it's it's one of those things that's pretty precarious when you build the list. You'll you'll add something and go, ah, oh, shit, that doesn't work. So, yeah. Rock and you got anything to add, Michael? 
No, I would squeeze an Arquois and if you can, just for. But. I, I just because I like the model and I like the, I think it's fun. I think it would go, it would fit right in, feel like. But other than that, no. Mm. Good if list. you wanted to do that, I would just drop the. He could drop the speeders and then just shrink the. Outrider squad just a little bit. You don't have to go crazy. Maybe just take out two bikes because they're pretty expensive. Yeah, Fl um, fluff wise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so keen on the Aqua, just because <laughs> at the time of the heresy, it's a, it's an advanced piece of tech that's just been brought in. The white scars are the least resupplied of all the legions, and yeah. it's a shattered legions force. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, no, that's yeah. just no. Yeah, you know, that makes want. a lot of sense. Not not white scars. Don't bring in his white scars for sure. If you were going to do it, I guess do Iron Hand. Well, no, no, I get. Yeah, you're right. Well, the the Iron Hands, you know, I'm sure they had them, but you know, if it's a Shattered Legion force, maybe not. But you know, it's a fantastic looking model. It's a fast tank, though. So, you know, if you do kind of expand into a different kind of White Scars list once they um they get their full Legion rules and you know specialist units and Primarch, you know, maybe you, you will want the tank then. But you know, just as it is now, maybe not. I hear you. I get it. All right. We're about to bore Karen to tears. We're going to talk Mechanicum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan. You want to read off that Mechanicum list? Read off that Mechanicum email? I'm not sure which one it is. Okay. I got it here. So he says, hello, Ryan. The By the way, I've had this for a while. I sent him this list a long time ago, so he knows he already got it. But I, I just kind of saved it because we don't do Mechanicum lists on here very often. I've made a conscious like effort to try to throw one in every once in a while because like I said we get a lot of emails or people saying hey you guys don't ever do mechanicum lists um I think it's just Tim making burner emails and sending those in about that but <laughs> I can't really prove it <laughs> so we anyway, got now 12, 12 hours of mechanicum only episodes like yeah something like that maybe so <laughs> he says uh hello Ryan I wrote back in August for a words bearer list that you graciously hooked me up with I'm happy to report the list is progressing nicely and the flames of heresy are raging on. Now that I'm fully engrossed in heresy, I've been trying to convert my son from 40k Death Guard and I'm happy to say that I think heresy has won the day. My son Caleb and I intended Kipper's Melee for the 30k narrative uh, put on by AJ from Boys of the Golden Throne. We just had uh, uh, Teo on here. Um... The event was awesome. The tables and narrative gaming was legit. A huge shout out to our event organizers. When we uh, got to the event, the first thing my son really noticed was the disparity between the 30K narrative and the 40K, compet 40K competitive table quality. No comment. Uh, he was able to see the light <laughs> and ask about starting a Mechanicum army focused on some badass robots. My knowledge of Mechanicum is very limited, however. Um, I was thinking a good starting point would be getting him 10 to 20 tech thralls, 3 to 6 thalax, a triaros, and a few castalax of some variety. This would give my estimations a good starting point of, and some versatile units. Uh, however, from there, I have lost of what he, sh I, he should be looking at for building a 3,000-point list. He has zero models currently, so I was hoping you would be able to do up a 3,000-point list without any real model restrictions. The only consideration I would request is that it plays like a dark Mechanicum Force. Um, and uh, would be fairly user-friendly to play if that's possible. 
Uh, thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate taking the time uh, doing all these lists uh, for the community. Um, so the thing about Mechanicum, they're never going to be like super user-friendly because they have so many unique special rules. They just have so much fucking shit going on. Um, you're, you know, a lot of, most people don't know how they work, uh, or they forget how their rules work. And I've even played a lot of Mechanicum players that don't even know their own rules or, um, they're not really like, it's not like they're like malicious or trying to cheat or whatever. It's just, there's so much shit that you got going on that they forget. They'll write a list and have like two Archmagos in there or a carrot, like just all kinds of things you can trip up on. So he wanted to do Dark Mechanicum. The only really way to like say something is quote unquote Dark Mechanicum right now, like for sure, is to take one of the Dark Mechanicum units, like or special characters. There's like three characters that are all considered Dark Mechanicum characters. So the one that I chose is the Archmagos uh, NR Atrial. He's like the monstrous creature guy. I've never seen anybody run this guy. Um, and I actually think his rules are very intriguing and cool. And I'm, and he's like on in a modified Domitar chassis that he like downloads his consciousness into. And when it gets destroyed, his consciousness like gets, you know, beep, beep booped out of there back to the <laughs> Mechanicum stronghold and put in another body. So I don't know. I just thought it was pretty cool. And I've never seen anybody... Um, run him. So I threw threw that guy in there, which, you know, you could buy a Domitar and convert it up. You know, kind of neat. Um, he's a 295-point model. So the other reason I kind of threw him in this list was if you don't particularly like that model or don't want to convert something, I mean, that gives you 300 points to build a fucking crazy, you know, Archmagos, and you're, you know, you have plenty of points for whatever. I also chose a Tagmata list, which is just a generic um... Mechanicum army, just so you would have access to all the units and wouldn't have special restrictions since you're just beginning. And then once you get a good base of units, you can maybe specialize more into one of the other ones. So this is a Tagmata army that uh, Satrial is the uh, warlord, like I said. For the second HQ, I took a Magos Dominus with Cyber Familiar and Machinator Array. So both of these guys, both the special character and this Dominus, have the Patrica Cybernetica rule where they can join a unit of Cybernetica. So we'll get to what they're in in a minute. So for troops, I took 20 Tech Thralls, uh, Laslocks with Induction Charger, so they shoot twice, and Rite of Pure Thought, which makes them fearless. And they have a dedicated uh, Triaros Armor Conveyor with no upgrades. So they go in there, they fill it up. For the second troop's choice, I took a unit of six Thalax, Two of them have photon thrusters, and the whole unit has melt bombs For the third troop's choice, I took another unit that's identical to that, so another six Thalax with Destructor, two photon thrusters, all with melt bombs Third choice, I took three Castalax, um, the, the Power Blades, and one of them has a Siege Wrecker, and then they just all have the standard uh, Bolt Cannon. And this is where the... Um, this is where uh, Satriel goes or going. You could put him in this other unit that we're coming up on, but uh, this unit. Uh, then for the, what is that? One, two, three, four, five. Fifth and final troops choice. I have four skill axe guardian automata with no upgrades, just four basic guys. They come in a set of four when you buy them off Forge website. 
for fast attack, I took six Ursarax. Um, two of them have Power Fist, and the other four just keep their Lightning Claws. For the second fast attack, I took an Avenger Strike Fighter with Wing Mount and Kraken missiles and Battle Servitor. For the first heavy support slot, I took a Creos Venator Tank Destroyer. Um, for the second heavy support slot, I took another Creos Venator Tank Destroyer. And for the third and final heavy support uh, choice, I took a Thanatar made it with no upgrades. And this is where the other, the normal Magos Dominus will go. And then the uh, skill axe will just kind of, they can't join the unit, but they can kind of just like sit back there with him and babysit like as a screening unit because they're supposed to be like a guardian thing and it gives you a backfield scoring unit. Hmm. So the idea for this army... I what those selects are for, so, okay. Well, because I was trying to, because he's got the 20 tech thralls that score the two Thalax that score and the skill axe that score. So I was trying to give him four scoring units and I was thinking of the skill axe as a backfield scoring unit since their bolters shoot 30 inches and it's a cheap unit. They have two wounds apiece, and they can sit back with the Thanatar and the other guy and kind of just like, you know, screen or, or be a speed bump if in case somebody like lands in a dread claw and is trying to fucking assault or whatever, you can at least put like a little barrier where it makes them have to go around or at least assault you and gives you a whole nother turn. Uh, yeah, because once that Thanatar shut down um, shooting wise, then it's kind of it really does shut down a lot of points at right. one time. Even even if they're dumping right. attack squad into it, you know it. Yeah, good call. I've never thought about that. But because that, that's my go to um, for Thanatars. <laughs> yeah, you just have to assault it because even like you said, a ten man normal tactical squad that thing only has two attacks at weapon skill three, so it's likely only to kill one dude a turn. Yeah, you know. You may not be hurting it, but it, you'll be just tied up forever. So they, they kind of just like have something back there, just like like I said, as a as a speed bump. Um, yeah. So I, I included I included all the units he wanted. He said he wanted twenty tech thralls. Those are in there. He said he wanted three to six thalax. Actually, threw twelve in there just because he you know you got to have scoring units. Um, I threw the triaros in there for the thralls, and he wanted some castalax. I put a unit of three because that's what they come in. And then, like, I, I kind of just went through and just kind of did a grab bag of Mechanicum units that I thought were handy. Um, I really love the Thanatar model. It's probably my favorite Mechanicum model. I don't play Mechanicum, but if I played them, that's where I would start. Um, then the Creoses and the Avenger gives him really good ranged anti-tank. And then the, you know, the Castalax and the Thalax anti-infantry uh, there. Um, both shooting and in close combat. And then the Ursaracs are obviously uh, anti-infantry in close combat. The skill axe, like I said, they're more just like a throw-in cheap scoring unit for backfield or whatever. And obviously the Thralls just do what Thralls do, which is be fucking annoying and hard to kill, sit on an objective. So, And he's got the two guys that can cast Cyberthurgy, so you can do the thing where you, know, you shoot twice with the Thanatar and give the bonuses and shit to the... Uh, Castellax. So. Dig it. What do you guys think? Karen's like, Pretty... I don't care. For the <laughs> 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 yeah, well, my uh, my knowledge of uh, Mechanicum kind of um, stretches from the Castellax to the Vorak when I checked out the Pravian uh, unit entry yeah. when it came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah definitely you're, not you're my cup of tea. Much- like, they've got fantastic models, but yeah, background. I'm not super keen. I'd be really keen to see what happens with Angelus, though. 
the uh, Dark Mechanicum and sound like some whatever we get in Dark Mechanicum from uh, Angelus could be really cool in this list or added on to expand the list. Yeah. And it sounds like a really kind of good um, good base list to kind of build off. Right. So that's that's the other thing. I didn't want to like all load up on one thing, you know? So like this, when he get mm. this, if he bought all this stuff, he'd have a really good spread of units. And this army would look amazing on a display board because there's really nothing. Yeah. He has two units of Thalax and then two Krios, and that's the only thing that's repeated. Everything else is an individual, you know, one-off unit. So it's going to look yeah, like... I love the Thalax models. Yeah, and I really felt like this uh, embodied a Tagmata army as well, mm. where you have, you know, a really good mix. Because a Tagmata is supposed to draw from, like, all forces from a Forge world, like a throw-in. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of went yeah. with this type of idea, where it was kind of an eclectic mix of things that all kind of have to work together to do certain roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, automatic thralls, vehicles, it's got everything. Oh. Missing the uh, the triple Volterax, but apart from that, it's pretty salt. <laughs> yeah. Ryan intentionally left that out. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's, that's a page ripped out of his book. To be honest, like, for what, book seven just needs to be fucking redone, man. It just has to, like... Like it just really just needs to be redone, like pretty much from the ground up. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not bullshitting either. Like the amount of like typos and things that need FAQ'd, and then everything is just wildly out of balance with everything that came before it as far as power on the tabletop, for the most part. Forge World's current like workload with all the new specialist games taking off and converting uh, 40k rules over to 8th ed. I just yeah. I can't see that happening, but I totally agree that it needs to happen. Yeah, I don't think that that book will just get redone. What I I'm hoping that when it, yeah. when the stuff in there individual the units go into a red book, yeah, yeah, I hope that they all get revisited and they they do something. Yeah. And it's not just like it's because like we just got that email from the Thousand Suns player, and he's like, "My shit's so powerful that it's pissing people off, and I don't want yeah. to be that guy." Um, Absolutely, so, yeah. So by them going in and adjusting things, and you know quote-unquote, nerfing his stuff, it's actually going to help him out and make him feel better me, where he doesn't feel like a jerk-ass anymore. Yeah, I know I know a few custodes, you know, people who are interested in custodes, but kind of, um, you know, hesitant, you know, whether to pull the trigger or not because of, um, you know, the perception of custodes out there and just the reality of the custodes list. You know, they're not sure whether, they, you know, they love the models, they love the background and the fluff, but they're just not sure whether they want to, you know, be that dude with a full custodes list. And that's, you know, right. it's a real shame. Yep, I agree. It definitely definitely needs to be addressed at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. They must, not, they must not love the fluff that much if they can justify <laughs> taking custodes. <laughs> <laughs> but rock and roll, man. Uh, so that's it for this episode. That's it for 80. Yeah, sounds good. We're done with, we're done with 80, man. Kieran, definitely appreciate you coming on, filling in. I know it's been a it's been a long one, but we definitely appreciate you having on, man. Your your knowledge of Horus Heresy is very high. I'm very, very yeah. honored to have you on. It's been fantastic. It's been a nice little uh you know, what was it, three hours and four to seven in the afternoon, so pretty easy yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, <shit. laughs> we just randomly starving. called Kieran yeah. like we were trying to find people to come on. Michael threw up something in the podcaster chat. It was like, does anybody want to get on? And we weren't getting any answers. And I was like, well, yeah. let me let me hit up the Australians because it's middle of the day there. 
I hit up Tom and he was like, oh, I'm at this thing. And I'm like, well, Kieran's on. Let me hit up Kieran. Cause I was just scrolling through my, you know, active people trying to find the Australians. <laughs> Ryan cross. You were, you were on deck. You may not know it, but yeah. you were on deck. <laughs> Phil. So, but thanks for coming on Kieran, man. It's, it's cool to actually get to talk to you, like talk to you, talk to you. Um, this is the first time. Yeah. You, you've actually got to talk. It's normally just, uh, you know, we've been messing with each other for a while. So. Yeah, no, thanks Thanks a lot for getting me on. It's been fantastic. You know, I listen every week, so it's great to uh, to get involved. It's, yeah, really good. Yep, thanks. You got solid commentary, solid, solid advice going Pleasure. in there. So definitely, definitely appreciate you having on. So guys out there listening, we're going to close this show out. If uh, you want to ask us any questions, send us any list or anything like that, uh, Michael at Warhammer30k.com, Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, Derek at warmer30k.com and Scott at warmer30k.com are our email addresses that you can get that sent into. Uh, as well, we have a Facebook page, uh, Radio Freest Van. If you haven't started following us on there, go check it out. We put a number of things up on there, mostly a lot of memes, but there's also a lot of good content that we, we go ahead and share uh, from uh, different companies and things like that. Um, uh, also, if you want to call in leave us a voicemail, that is... Uh, 209 RFI 30K0. You can call that number. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, and once again, if you are international, you can just go ahead and send me an MP3 and we will get it played. Um, once again, this podcast is now sponsored by Audible. If you go to RFIbook.com, you can get a, a free trial for Audible. And just a heads up, all the Horace Heresy novels are on Audible. So you can get any of those fun books, I think you get one for free with the free trial. So just rfibook.com, start that free trial. I mean, if you're listening to a podcast and you haven't already found out about Audible yet, you're welcome. You're welcome, buddy, because you need it. So anything you guys want to say before we close out? Uh, no. no, I think I'll no. leave it. <laughs> <laughs> He was going to say something triggering. I can tell. You can say it when we get off the air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we will go ahead and close this one out, boys. And stay tuned for the music. Bye. All right, guys. So welcome to the secret part of the episode here that Ryan doesn't know about. I just wanted to do... uh, just talk with you guys for a second and uh, remind you that there right now is a Warhammer Heroes thing going on with uh, Games Workshop, and I honestly cannot think of a bigger, better hero than the powerful Ryan Kimmel himself. So if you can take a minute and you feel that Ryan has helped you in some way, either write a list or sent you an email or anything like that back, you know, absolutely consider him for a nomination for this Warhammer Heroes. Uh, In my heart, he definitely deserves it. All the events he puts on, he's absolutely the patron saint of 30K as far as I'm concerned. So, appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. Get you back to the music now.